Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Journey Through Time and Stuff. My name is Aaron, and boy, man, that came out of my mouth really smooth this morning. I was worried that maybe my, you know, I'd be a little tongue-tied, have a little, not not really loose with the lips, have have that thing. The last couple intros I've done, I was out of practice. My mouth, it just wasn't there, and I would, I would stumble, I'd mix up the Journey Through Time and Stuff, and my name, and... Today, I think that flowed really nicely, which is really good because I have a fabulous guest here in the studio. And let's see. If I had to describe him, he was um, uh, a gentle, caring uh, death artist. Uh, a death, a gentle and caring death artist. Um, d- death bringing, uh, art, art, something. We're right in that range. We're right in that range. A fascinating person, uh, discovered him, uh, on, on the road, actually. Um, I was hitchhiking near Galveston and, uh, I just ran into this dude who was like, I mean, he, he looked like he'd probably been, I mean, in the desert for 10 years at that point um had a tiny little knapsack was wearing a loincloth barefoot and uh walked up and had the dankest weed i've ever smoked and i'm like i i don't don't care where you keep it because you don't have enough room for like this pristine of pot i mean it was a it was a fairy like trans transcendental experience (laughs) um and we threw disc golf after that and it just it it was wild i mean so cool. Uh, welcome to the show, Mason. Hello. Thank you for the crazy introduction. All of that is absolutely true, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I definitely know where Galveston is. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Thank you for having me on your podcast. This is the first time I've been recorded with my pants on, so that's, that's, that's fun. <laughs> That, well, that's great because uh, this is the fifth time I've done my podcast with my pants off. So, oh, cool. I, and I'm glad you're cool with it. I, you yeah. know, it's it's like I have this flow. I have this thing I have to do. Chi wise, temperature balance. I mean, I know. You yeah, no, it's cool. So. I mean, rock yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's a little weird that you hook my mic up to your boom arm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, how are you, dude? I- I'm good. I'm very good. Um, uh, my ADHD is going crazy in your studio. Yeah, yeah, we were just the best possible. We were just talking about it, and um, you know, we we kind of both share a lot of the same fascination with things and and books, subject matter. You were saying Mm -hmm. your your bookshelf looks a lot like mine, and you have your vinyl collection and all that. So, um, yeah, and then we were talking about. uh, I'm like, I just like I love knickknacks, and I love hanging on to things. And you said that you you go through phases. uh, So Mm -hmm. pick up there. Where were you? Oh, uh, yeah, I was just saying like a. I feel like I collect things, you know, like everyone collects things. Yeah. But I, I don't know whether it is like my mom, like just would never get rid of anything. So therefore every once in a while, like I'm not in, fa- I'm not in vogue for this anymore. I'm going to just get rid of it or give it away to somebody. So I have less shit to have to deal and move. But that's also like the thing with moving so many times, you know what I mean? Moved a lot. Oh God. Yeah. Like once a year for the first 15, 20 years of my life, probably. Really? Yeah. Why? Oh yeah. Family. Yeah, my mom, my I come from like a kind of a little bit rougher childhood. My uh, my mom and my dad uh, fought constantly. Mm, mine too. And uh, he went to prison for well, 
a long while. Good. Yeah, you know, he did a thing where he'd find out where we live and then show up and beat up my mom's and her boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> you know? so dude, I'm like, sorry. I, it, Dad knows where we live. We got to move again, you know? <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Because at first I was like, okay, was he an army rat? Was he like, was he, was he bouncing all over the place because going base to base <laughs> or something? But no, it was it was fleeing for safety. Yeah. Damn, much, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I definitely understand what it's like to have uh, a very unstable, uh, be in a house with a very unstable parental relationship and yeah. have dad, you know, cop show up at the house to take dad to jail and stuff like that. So um, I definitely remember, yeah. from, you know, no, now it wasn't quite like running, but that's intense, man. Yeah, it, honestly, it's like it's something I never realized that wasn't like an intense or crazy thing about me. And then you like you talk to somebody and you're like, so what was your childhood like? And they're like, oh, well, I have a mom and a dad and they love each other. Like, what? That is great. That is the crazy thing. Yeah. So so what um, what did you then uh, like? OK, so so you're you're obviously growing up in this traumatic thing that to you is just kind of like normalized because mm-hmm. it's it's your environment. So what? What were you like as a kid? Were you were you like oh. in, were you tru- were you like a troublemaker? Were you reserved? Like I, you know, kind of like some people like come into a shell yeah. around traumatic. Some mm-hmm. people release. Yeah, and- I mean, I feel like I did both at various times in my childhood. Like you know, like I had definitely had phases where I'd act out. I definitely have a lot of phases where I'd like seclude myself and not be around anyone and stuff. You know? Were you an artsy kid? Yeah, I've always been a drawer and doodler. And- Actually, like, got in a lot of trouble for most of my artwork because he's like drawing yourself at school and you get in trouble for some reason. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I had a guidance counselor once tell me that, like, you can't draw on people for a living. You have to pay attention in school, which is ironic because I draw on people for a living now. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's wild. Um, and so I guess you probably making friends was probably rough, huh? Oh, yeah. I never really had like any solid friends like you have a best friend for like a year maybe two years and then you move away you know especially when you're younger you didn't have yeah. like facebook or in myspace well and then <laughs> yeah. and then it's like yeah what what 11 year old is going to be like you know yeah just you have 11 year old shit to do exactly you know yeah Your summer yeah. break still comes i think that's like right it's funny you should say 11 years old because that's right when you start like stop being like a full kid and you start developing your personality oh, and i think 100%. that's like roughly like when you know i started realizing like oh maybe i don't have the most normal interactions or like normal family home life you know like you, um yeah i i distinctly like i remember you know because if you're only in school and you're not like going over to other kids' houses or anything, yeah, then it's like kids just like are kids in mm-hmm. school, and some are like misbehave. I was always getting in trouble for something, constant detention <laughs> in elementary school. Um, I I kind of c- quit being so like obstinate in middle school because I, tr- it was the first time I went to a different school. Mm-hmm. And so then you're like around other kids that from other s- parts of the city and you don't know them. And you're yeah. like, that's a weirdness. But um, I, I totally remember then like going over to friends houses in like fourth grade, fifth grade. And they have, they like sit down to dinner oh, as yeah. a family uh-huh. and like they have nice plates and they all match. <laughs> and I'm like, this is only on TV. Yeah, like, no, 100%. This, wait, you guys don't you guys don't fold out a little wooden tray and sit at the couch with the TV on? Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's like, uh, uh, your mom doesn't make a hamburger helper. What's going well, on? Yeah, here? I was just gonna say, it's like, it's not a hungry man fucking Salisbury steak dinner. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally remember having that feeling. Like you mm-hmm. said, 11, 12 years old. Like, yeah. Oh. Well, starting middle school was the weirdest part, right? Like, you go through like your early, you know, early classes or whatever, and it's kind of a blur now, especially now that you're older, you know, yeah, yeah. like a blur. And then you start middle school. And I remember when we started middle school, like, my mom's big idea was to take us out of the city. So she's like, I'm going to move to Wilsonville. You're going to go to like. So were you, were you around Oregon the whole time? Yeah. The whole time as yeah, a I'm kid? Po- I'm oh. Portland born and raised. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. cool. So you, so you were just moving around the city. Yeah, it was and it's constantly bouncing around. Got like, you, got it was just you. different places. Like we would okay. like okay. I, I in, my, in my head, I'm like, oh, you were in like <laughs> North Carolina, and then you're in Idaho, and then you're down like <laughs> no, no okay. none of that fun shit. It's just yeah. all like I'm got moving it. to an apartment complex further down the road. <laughs> like, okay. All right, mom, cool. Okay, <laughs> you know, and okay. then like she moved us to Wilsonville, and I was the like. Like me and like four other kids were considered skaters. There was no back in the day. There was nothing in Wilsonville, so there was no sidewalks to skate on. You could only like skate like in the main thriftway area and stuff. Yeah. And then like the, all of them had no skating signs, so the cops would stop you and stuff. So it was wow. miserable. Like it was a bunch of like you know well-to-do kids. Like I remember hanging out with a group of friends in sixth grade. I was the only one whose parents like I was like none of your parents are bank robbers like mine. What's going on here? <laughs> Dude, what do you I, your dad's normal <laughs> yeah so so i I'm, I'm from alaska and i i grew up in a a tiny town uh i mean like like probably at the time it was probably like 800 people yeah you know and and we were uh about 12 miles away from like the big town which was like four thousand people mm-hmm. right one one main road through it a few stoplights uh, I remember when they expanded from two lanes to four lanes in in the city, and we had we could like two cars could drive the city. I mean, that was like whoa, <laughs> like crazy, dude. You know, um, bragging about your hometown. We got streets now, motherfucker. Yeah, what? Yeah, <laughs> we can have two cars going the same direction in our town. <laughs> uh, never believe it. Um, but uh, yeah, from a small town, you know, and so like you like, I didn't even understand like what what skating was mm-hmm. no one like there wasn't any that yeah. i was a part of we just like rode bikes like that yeah. was that was what we did we played in the woods and rode bikes you know and then i rem- going to middle school all of a sudden you get into town and there's these town kids mm-hmm. who've like grown up in town the whole time and they skate and they're the cool kids like they're just like a different level of cool yeah than the rest of everybody because like they're not tr- they don't give a fuck about school yeah. they just like they show up and then they go and i was like that is the coolest thing and i remember like wanting to f- like figure out how to like you know other than dedicating yourself just to skating i, I for some reason my yeah. mind didn't put me there i was like, <laughs> I was like how do you be cool like that god so you were you were one of those cool kids that's neat yeah that's, it's funny you should say that, man, because I feel like skating's definitely, like, a, I don't know, maybe it's the time frame that we grew up in, you know, because we're about the same age, yeah. but that was, like, the the test of, like, what you thought was cool. Right. Like, are you a skater cool kid, or are you going to be, like, a, a normal cool kid, you know? Yeah, so, dude. Flipped up collars, stuff oh, like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, luckily, I fell into, like, uh, m- remember back in the day, in the 90s, when, when like, being a scrub was a thing in school 
Oh, you yeah. ever called scrubs? There was preps mm-hmm. and scrubs. Yeah. And, all, and yeah. so luckily for me, I was a scrub in school. Mm-hmm. Not designated by myself, designated upon me. Yeah. But absolutely. then I, but then I fell in with those kids and we were all metalheads. Yeah. And so then you were like, you that was like that was the group where I was like, oh, kids like corn. Mm-hmm. And we who the people who listen to corn in yeah. seventh grade <laughs> yeah. don't fit in with people who love like Hansen right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, 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 it's like you just hit that like perfect time period too. Cause it was very much like, are you into corn and nine inch nails or do you like fucking Hansen? <laughs> yeah. Like, do you, do you, are you 14 and you have NSYNC posters on your wall? Yeah. Still? Like, yeah. no, I think, you know, I think it's funny. You should say that. And it's like, it feels like, uh, uh, you, you, at a certain age, you tend to choose which, you know which branch of the tree you want to walk down totally you know and for me like it it was just like i always gravitated towards like the more alternative people just because i like looked at the like the you know preppy kids for lack of a better term and was like i I don't i don't think i'm one of those guys well well, it it was it wasn't until my 20s where i heard um the quote by um oh god um i think i think it's groucho marx um who's i i don't want to be in a club or i I don't want to be a part of a club that'll have me i won't i don't Mm want to be a part of any club that'll have me yeah and 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 i i kind of always like i heard that and that was like like the like the the tagline Mm -hmm. to what i feel like my childhood was like so weird 100 percent yeah, I think that well, you it's not about joining the club that'll have you. It's about joining the club that you like want to aspire well, to be like kind of. Well, well, I I think it's more of like just just if if you if you actually just be authentically you, you'll find yourself in a club yeah. that you never wanted to like that you didn't exactly. have to be a part uh-huh. of. And other people will yeah. be there and all of a sudden you guys are like a club now. Yeah. Like yeah, I don't that's know. actually a really good quote, man. It's funny, like that's like the fourth or fifth time I've heard like an excellent quote quote from Groucho Marx. It was like not exactly somebody you would you know like associate with like highly intelligent things. Like yeah. we were talking about your book collection, you've got Richard Dawson, Hunter, Hunter S. Thompson, Jack Kerouac, Eric yeah. Monaghan. You know, I mean, you got yeah. like the thinkers, thinkers, especially for you know guys like us that are a little more like down the alternative <laughs> Dude, past. I, I didn't, I yeah. didn't get into any of this until my mid 20s really oh oh no oh no like it's so yeah so like i (laughs) i had this horrible uh like image dysmorphia thing like Mm. like like yeah as as a as a young guy and the like i i i felt i always felt like i never had when i was a kid i i felt like i didn't have any like authentic friends I, for some reason be, when i was young really like being accepted i just never felt like i was yeah never felt like i was accepted uh-huh. by by peers who seemed like they were like like that had it together like their families like uh-huh. and, and i part of me i think always is like wanted to just like be I don't know what it was, man. I don't know. I'm still trying to yeah. figure that out. But I would like, you know, I I started playing guitar because I saw what kids who played guitar at like lunchtime in the hallways, uh-huh. like the attention that they would get from that mm. seemed like something that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so I started playing guitar so then I could be a kid in the hallway with a guitar to try and get that attention 
yeah that that my peers were getting for like seemingly novel things mm-hmm. um i mean it's the only reason i played football is because it seemed like kids who showed up to school they had a game that day and they wore their jerseys in eighth grade got a level of attention that the rest of the school didn't get because yeah. they didn't wear a jersey mm-hmm. and so i'm like well fuck i guess next year i'm gonna be one of the kids who wears a jersey to school mm-hmm. and like and so i always found myself like fitting trying to fit in i mean it's the only reason i started smoking cigarettes it's the yeah. i mean it's it is it wasn't yeah. like it seemed cool i just oh that's there's a there's a there's an attention thing uh-huh and i I mean, that's not like, that's not like a unique thing, man. I think that's like everyone. We all try to find like, you know, one way or another, we like, so find like we feel insecure about where we're at, you know? But, well, right. But what it does is it doesn't let you actually, you spend all your time uh, paying attention externally to you mm-hmm. and like trying to mold yourself into this next thing and you never actually end up becoming yourself. Yeah. You, you, mm-hmm. you miss all of those like internal moments of growth mm-hmm. because you're so w- worried about the external yeah no 100 like i think I just everybody like suffers from like trying to figure out where they're like who what kind of person am i when i grow up or whatever, yeah but you know? but but I, I there was like i i rem- like i have friends of mine now you know a- acquaintances we've been we were went to this we live in the same town so they kind of yeah. end up being your friends at some yeah, point yeah. in time mm-hmm. um who i remember like hanging out in seventh grade and like it seems like and they already knew who the fuck they were see i want to hear and, i want to hear a podcast between you and those kids because i bet you if you sat them down there and be like i had no idea what the fuck i was doing <laughs> I, I guess i don't so. know maybe I, that's just me yeah right? no yeah. no you're probably right yeah, actually you're probably right it just it mm-hmm. it my image of them and like they didn't give a fuck then about like uh-huh like like i can Part of me was like, oh, if it, I guess if it's, I may break the rule, but if a teacher says something's wrong, mm-hmm. I think that at, like they have something to say about that. Like their opinion on that matters. And for some reason, that authority thing was like young. Yeah. Okay. And they had no, like they're, they, it seemed like that, like seventh grade, they figured out like, oh, you're here, pay, you're paid to do this, but you don't really have this like, and they just kind of like fucked authority or like, you know, they yeah. had these like strong personality traits that is then theirs through. Yeah. And, you know. And, yeah. Yeah. I definitely see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I never had that. Well, I I wonder. I Like, I wish we could do a survey of 45 year olds and like, be like, okay, when do you think you had developed your personality traits? Because for me, like, I feel like I had nothing going on with my life until I, I actually dropped out of sixth grade. Um one of the byproducts of having a you know uh you know a drug addict mom and stuff yeah, so yeah. last time i like actually was in a class like i've never done a high school class class at all like, i've never been in high school whoa 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 yeah i whoa. never went to high school okay that blows my fucking mind yeah, the last um, class i completed was sixth grade <laughs> so did you did you do homeschooling did or did you do any I, type I, of shit or did they, did you just were you a kid who was like got lost in the system and just never kind of both um you know i think my mom was like oh i'm gonna homeschool you but my mom's like you know not really a, a go-getter <laughs> so yeah. she's like that was the plan to homeschool me but then right. never got around to the home and the schooling part you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. i kind of fucked up I think, so but... so did you just then become like a product of how... did you okay i mean i have so many questions okay um 
did you did you care that you weren't in school um no i mean i, I at that point like i had hated school and was like definitely on like what you would consider like the wrong path you know for kids yeah um i didn't feel like well i didn't have a click really like i didn't welcome like again like when you're already that age and you haven't had like a best friend for like a year that really fucks with you however like i think it ended up being like the best thing that could have ever happened to me because i educated myself randomly well that's that's what that's what i'm wondering but it was sheer boredom (laughs) yeah sheer boredom did you so like so you're here Mm-hmm. At, at that time, sixth grade, where were you, where in or where? In? Uh, well, I so I, Wilsonville. Uh, yeah, Wilsonville uh, okay. is is there is there our Wood School Middle gotcha, School whatever gotcha, in Wilsonville. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. actually, I, so, ironically, one of my business partners, his so it, dad teaches science at that school. Like his dad was my fucking last science teacher. Whoa. Yeah, and then I I I, I uh, yeah I was the officiant or whatever at his wedding. So I sat down next to his dad the whole time, and I was like, "I'm, I'm so sorry that <laughs> I was your student, man. That must, must 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 have been terrible." But did he remember you? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like to <laughs> to a degree where you're like, "How the f- fuck did you remember me?" Like, well, that. well, be- probably because you like literally yeah. stuck out. Yeah, like that. I was like, "Do you, do you actually remember me at all?" He's like, oh, "I remember. Yeah, you had really curly hair. You were kind of fat." And I was like, hey, "Dude, you did know me." <laughs> Okay, so then it definitely seemed like I might jerk off too much. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Um, still, still. Yeah, um, but I mean, it was cool because I ended up educating myself. You know, um, we with, with, uh, through what means? Well, so uh, I lived in Garden Home at the time. Like we had moved from Wilsonville to Garden Home, and then I was supposed to be homeschooled for the rest of the school, and that just never happened. Um, and the Beaverton Library was only like four or five miles away. Oh, cool. So, uh, I think just out of sheer boredom, you know, I went down to the library. I was like, you know, I think it started renting like VHSs there, you know, and then started renting books, checking out books and then just, yeah, it all spirals. Um, so, so you, you, know. you did early become a, a, a big reader then. Yeah. By default. I don't, I don't, you know, uh, I think I, I never really read a lot of fiction. I've only <coughs> ever read nonfiction. And I think when I was like 14, I read Manufacturing Consent by Noam Chomsky, which mm-hmm. is, if you've never read, one of the most important books you can read. A hundred percent. Also 14, too early to read that book. Wait until you're, you know, early twenties. See, <laughs> I, I am so jealous because I, I only, like I said, I only started actually like caring about my own epistemology and um how i how i come to believe things and like just how my fucking brain works like i said mid-20s and so then that's when i dived deep into you know noam chomsky and david hume and philosophy for the first time Mm -hmm. and, and started like really really diving down that path um i wish i would have read a philosophy book at 14 man like i i so i wish i would have just been exposed to any of that thought at such a young age because Mm -hmm. it would have fixed all of my well it would i wouldn't i don't want to (laughs) say fixed it would have contextualized Mm -hmm. all of like the anger and resentment from my home life that i carried yeah through me that i had no understanding of what i was feeling you're just kind of like an angsty fucking kid and you don't know why your brain is screaming inside of your head yeah and you don't and you also don't know and you never talk 
if any other kids are sitting there in class and their brain is louder than the classroom. Like, yeah. you, you never have those conversations with other kids. Mm-hmm. But if you could, if you know, just, God, the things I, you know, you, it's so funny you say that. Like, reading Noam Chomsky and just, you read, you read a passage and it just is like a mirror of yourself on the page. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's. Yeah, I think like as like you know, I was always obsessed with history. You know, this is one thing I like watched a lot of like you know history and and like Animal Planet like documentaries and stuff mm-hmm. before Animal Planet was a thing, and like you know, you start to like learn from other people like or learn from like other writers and stuff like that, and they're like. You start reading things like Noam Chomsky or Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States. If you haven't read that, oh. definitely, definitely going to change your life. But it forces, it teaches you to be more analytical. You know, I don't think there's like any right philosophy or wrong philosophy. Just like if you're analyzing shit, you're probably mm. going to be a better and more interesting person. And the people that don't analyze themselves and their lives, like how many people do you know that are like, you're 35 oh. and have you never done DMT or like taken some mushrooms and stared at a galaxy, bro? Like, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> there is, there is a stark uh, lack of introspection. Yeah. Um, in our generation and older specifically, mm-hmm. I, I think that I think that this introspective thing is becoming like a trend with young kids now. Um, yeah, it's actually kind of kind of cool. Like I, I love I love history because I love thinking about things over like large time frames. Same. You know, and when you think about that, too, like, uh, you know, think about like what the kids now that are like they're already in therapy and, like, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of anxiety and a bunch of other stuff. It's like, I wonder if the reason why so many young people are, like, overly anxious in life is because they're actually, like, for- thinking about things well, a four- that took us a lot longer a, to think a about. A 14-year-old in, 19- in 1890 would have been working in a shoe manufacturing plant or a coal mine yeah. or or would have already been, uh, you know, pick harvesting corn and plowing yeah. fields they've already been doing that for five or six years yeah and like uh-huh. you know uh like they yeah no they don't those kids at that time a 14 year old wasn't sitting there like worrying about yeah i think one of my favorite things of his, human history and you can do literally from six thousand years on is that like the entire history your children those were that was just source of free labor. Yeah, like you had kids, so you didn't have. It'd be easier for you to plow the field and shit. And well, then, like now, now that things become urbanized, people move to the city. Kids become stop becoming like, uh, you know, free labor and start becoming like a luxury good. Yeah, because like none of the kids of the city are fucking useful. Useful, you know what I mean? No, <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah, they they yeah. it they are just a. Uh, I, I I love this this thought that um. Humans are the highest, uh, I guess the the high the the most efficient uh, entropy bringers in the universe. Hmm. So the universe is is going from low entropy to high entropy, mm-hmm. from disordered to ordered. But you have pockets that create high levels of disorder in a natural trend from order to disorder. Mm -hmm. Sorry, yeah, from order to disorder, you'll have highly ordered things in in pockets of very low order. Mm -hmm. And so that's human beings. And we are really, really good at organizing a bunch of shit into really high entropy states and then ruining them. Yeah. 
end yeah. up just massive changes in entropy. And it's, uh, I think the best way you could describe the human uh, humanity in general is like the ultimate rubber band, you know, uh, in a lot of ways, like you just you pull that string and then like pull it, yep. and, you know, it'll go from like, oh, chaos to complete chaos. And then you get really, really ordered after that. And then it's like, okay, well, this is too much order. Let's go build a little more chaos. And then it goes to full chaos and then yeah. it goes to full order. Like, like, uh, Humanity, like human history, is just like waves of water hitting a beach. Well, it's well, <laughs> what what I am like. What I'm really actually becoming okay, like truly okay with, is that there that there's. I mean, it only makes sense that you take the aggregate view of what humanity is, and it looks just like everything else in the universe. Mm-hmm. It just not it's not actually that special or i mean we're just life on the planet yeah we're like like there's life everywhere on the planet life's been on the planet for four billion years mm-hmm. three and a half billion years however long yeah. and <laughs> we're we're just that well i think the, the yeah yeah it's it's crazy uh and then like it, it too is like thinking about the you know, from the earliest states of life on the planet, basically from a couple of twitches in like some muck on the like, you know, in like a swamp or something yeah. like that. Well, to, to, to us now is pretty nuts. Oh, Benny boy. Yeah. God damn, Ben. Ben would call me when he knows I'm doing a podcast too. Should we call him right now? We can. Here, hold on. I'm going to call him right back. And we'll both talk to him. He'll hear everything. Oh, cool. Sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ben Charles, for the people listening at home, That's is it. Uh, quite possibly the book. You know what the thing is? Is two people are talking, and he can sense that through the ether. Yeah, he's he like can, he's friends like... are communicating. Should we bet on whether or not he's going to try to get us to go play disc golf today? Hey, buddy boy. <coughs> Am I live on a podcast right now? <laughs> yeah, you are. Hi. Oh my god, you look so fucking stupid. I am so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we just, Wait, can you can you let me see that picture again nice i like you're just dabbing at home with your hood up you look like what? an unemployed darth sidious right now <laughs> i was gonna say i'm like an unemployed emperor <laughs> <laughs> hey he, at least he's the coolest guy in the room he's in right now that's true that's true <coughs> nope not even i got three cats here that are far cooler than i am that's okay true. that's probably yeah good call but i got a delicious cappuccino here Oh, nice! Uh, got uh, you know, got some drugs on this fun Saturday morning. Good, good. Yeah, dude, we're just we're just sitting here kicking it, man. Saw you called, and I'm like, we should just call him right now and see what he's up. He, he you, you knew that two of your friends were having a conversation <laughs> somewhere. 100%. I did, but I, I didn't know I didn't know what time it was happening today. Mostly, I was just bitter because I wasn't invited, so I was going to call you next. <laughs> oh man well i mean to be fair man if you were here that you know we wouldn't be able to get a word in edgewise so <laughs> that's probably accurate, probably oh, accurate. Man. is this video podcast or no 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 we're just yeah we're just audio only you can only, only you can see us god damn and a fine a fine looking group of perhaps scallions it is yeah yeah <laughs> No, we, we're we're already getting deep, man. We're talking about the fucking beginning of humans right now. Oh my god, uh, I have been kind of dreaming for this podcast to happen between you two for a really, really <laughs> long time, so that people can truly know like what perpetual boredom sounds like. <laughs> nerds start talking, 
and you just like where yeah. a normal human being tunes out 18 seconds into the conversation and you guys just carry on yeah. like two unemployed Neil deGrasse Tysons. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, that's that's actually not a bad uh, <laughs> compliment. Yeah, I'll take that. Dude, I, I saw a video with Neil deGrasse Tyson this morning talking about you two dorks, I'm sure, already knew this, but I was not aware. But tides don't come in and out. No, yeah, I know. Yeah. The tidal bulge and the earth spins under it. Oh my god, eat a dick, you fucking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we, you know, it's funny that, that Ben called us because we were just talking about how people don't like do a lot of like analytical thinking of themselves and yeah. you know, like, investigating and learning and human history. Listen. And then literally one of those people call. Yep. About, hey, as, about as deep as a kiddie pool, hey, this guy. <laughs> God, the mutual love is there today. <laughs> it is. It is. It's, it's flowing thick. Uh. Yeah, I was going to try and get you guys to play disc golf. <laughs> I call it. I fucking call it. It's like, he's going to try to get us to play disc golf. I know. It's fucking, it's one o'clock. That train is never late. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, well, reliable. To be fair, the rest of the crew invited me to go play disc golf this morning, but I woke up at noon because I stayed up till 5 a.m. Oh, good. I was up until 2 a.m. Mm. Yeah. What were you doing till 5 a.m.? Uh, fucking around, kind of with new ligature marks art, and just Ooh. you know, let my ADD brain run rampant. Yeah. Sweet. I was just playing video games super high on the couch, but that's cool too. Nice. I was in I bed was... by nine thirty with a glass of warm milk. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, no, I wasn't. <laughs> ben, we we love you, but both we love we both love you very much. I'm gonna call. I'll, I'll hit you up as soon as we're done. I think we love you, but both would be a great album title. Yeah, you should write that album. Yeah, let's do it. Songs in the key of love. <laughs> All right, boys. All right, Have, bye. Uh, an amazing rest of your podcast. Um, give me a buzz when you're done. All right, thanks, Ben. All right, bye. All right, bye. Peace. God, I would never say this to his face, but he's actually a wonderful human being. Oh, he's the best. <laughs> he's the best. And it's funny too. He he is. He's actually like pretty introspective no he told like like for 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 him but i (laughs) for him well well (laughs) such a great call fire (laughs) well it is i mean he he is one of the glory like he's one of the lucky ones it seems that just like can can wake up and just be fucking happy about life no and and he's in the situation where his life is exactly how he wants it Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter to him how the tides actually work <laughs> like that's not relevant to him to just like be him and be happy and all yeah. he does is just focus on that that works like and he he's got to figure it out yeah he encourages me to have a good time yes and that that's really like a, like the basis of our friendship is like because normally i'm not i'm like I'm, i gotta go do this i gotta go do this and he's like dude you should smoke this joint and throw this disc yeah all right man that's yeah good. yeah hey slow life down that's 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 what he is for me too is like Dude, slow down. Yeah. And let's just fucking take time. Yeah. It's it's fucking awful, it, it's, to be honest with you. It's <laughs> awful. That's awful being friends with him. Because he's like, all right, man, what are you doing? You want to go here, do this? And I was like, nah, man, I got shit to do today. Like, I'm actually working. He's yeah. like, just cancel your appointment. Let's go. I know. I know. I He'll call me at two in the afternoon he's like hey man i'm just getting up he has a fat joint in his mouth and i'm like <laughs> i'm under a truck working and yeah. i'm like i love you dude i wish i could like yeah be there uh no it's great it's great it 
it, there's like a level of like vicarious living that I do through him. Oh, 100 percent. And then like like it, it just helps me realize that like, oh, like it, it is a true reality check of like, oh, life, life isn't just your job. Like, mm-hmm. hey, man, you know, yeah, it's a reminder just like allow yourself to have fun. Yeah. Allow I- yourself to to stay up until two in the morning playing video games for the hell of it or go to bed at nine 30 with warm glass of milk. Because <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, uh, um, I just, I just, I, I feel like, especially, you know, how I grew up and stuff like that. Like it's always that push to like prove myself to myself, oh. you know, not for anybody else's like thing. I just need to know that I'm not as big of a piece of shit as my dad, that kind of thing. I still have Dude, that clicked in the I, back of my head. I do too. Yeah, I do too. It's, it is, it is an incredibly like silent but powerful motivator because um, it's not screaming in my head all the time. But if I do a reality check of like why I stick out a job for a long time, even if I don't quite like it, it's because he would he wouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like yeah. like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this like mm-hmm. it, it, it's a part of like per, like tenacity and like like just personal resolve to see stuff through. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. That, that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I never really had like a, you know, like a father figure, like a male mentor, until no. I was like in my twenties. Yeah. Uh, his name's uh, Bill Stanton, and he like taught me like how to like refinish antique wood furniture and stuff. That's what I did for most of my twenties. Was like just get stoned and like work on these like big like wood like armoires from like 1700s and shit. I love that. Yeah. It was it was amazing time in my life. But he taught me like. You know, if we're gonna do something do it and do it right and do it right the first time don't try to like fucking half-ass anything or speed through it because every time you speed through it every time you half-ass anything like it just it's never gonna come out as good and then well, like if you're looking at something that's gonna be there forever you're gonna think like man i wish i had taken my time with this right uh, dude a hundred i i couldn't be the goal you don't do the work to for the goal mm-hmm you do the work for the work. Uh-huh. Every woodworking is I I I love woodworking. I do a lot of hand tool woodworking. Um and there is like for for people who've never sat there with a flat chisel or a plane. Yeah. And just tried to make a board flat. Yeah. Like a wood, like an old school plane, like just handheld plane. A handheld plane yeah. or a rasp or yeah. do any woodworking with a good old plane so or a rasp, like a, man. Yeah, like a plane just basically evens out the wood for, yeah. for the it, people who are not know. Yeah, sorry, sorry. It's, yeah, sorry. Yeah. A, a, for, for, I guess, an accurate yeah. description, a plane is a flat piece of metal with handles usually on it, uh, a pocket in the center to capture any mm-hmm. of the wood shavings, and there's a thin, very sharp blade at a very, very shallow angle to the the level of the the body of the plane itself that protrudes ever so slightly down from the body of the plane. That way, when you slide it over the wood, it can just shave down the high spots. It won't hit the low spots because the body will gap the low spots. And so it is there to just just take off the high spots until it's one whole true sheen across a piece of lumber of some sort. Um, But doing it is a long, monotonous task. Every stroke counts. You can't just... It's hypnotic, though. That's the thing. It's like there's like a there's a release of like you know. But you you will 
when you're when you're really trying to make high quality wood look nice mm-hmm. or you know a high quality finish on wood and make it look nice it's not just about the last pass over the wood that that finishes it you, if you just go and you start sanding with mm-hmm. you know 300 grit yeah you're going to see every imperfection that was caused yeah. at the first roughing in stage because you didn't mm-hmm. take the time on that and that's yeah. going to show in wood especially yeah. and so it's like every part of this that matters every single stroke everything yeah. you do from beginning to end is part of the process and mm-hmm. they all are equally as important if not more important in the you know yeah there's a reason why like when you meet woodworkers they're like the most patient even killed guys because like oh nothing of what we do is rushing like we rushing by default is something you can't do yeah you know, yeah. and it's just like I think that's the approach I try to take with everything, whether I'm not I'm tattooing or now, fucking, now you know, training right? martial arts or yeah. whatever. You know, yeah. it's all the same. Uh, yeah. So, so when did you get into martial arts? Oh, um, ironically, the the same way I got into like a lot of like the history and reading I did. Um, I started you know training uh, a little bit when I was like younger, like when I was a kid, and then I I just I went to, when I went to the library, I, I'd get like books on taekwondo and try to teach myself and like i had my cousins were really into it they were the closest thing i had to like family that was kind of like me other than my sisters you know um and then i think i really got into it you know in my like late teens early like 20s i got into like western style boxing and stuff and then oh so you started striking first yeah, yeah. Um, okay. God, in fact, I like never liked jujitsu. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't. I wouldn't say I didn't like it, but uh, the jujitsu that I was experienced with, or whatever, ground fighting in general, like grappling, I did, all that, didn't, yeah. grappling didn't make sense to me. Yeah, that'd be gotcha. an accurate way to put it. Um, and then I, uh, you know, twenty five, twenty six. I think I at twenty five, twenty six. So about ten, twelve years now. Um, got into uh like just doing muay thai and it was at a jiu-jitsu gym and i had a jiu-jitsu purple belt that worked there and kind of he didn't know i don't think he knew that i had like, zero experience and stuff but he kept convincing me to do like a grappling class and i did and i just got destroyed and i was like all right, all right all i have to do is stand up all i have to do is keep standing up and it was like i couldn't do that i literally like yeah five minutes on the clock just stay on this mat all you have to do is not be taken down and it's physically impossible mm-hmm. you know if you don't have any grappling experience and, right you know you, you have two types of people like some people that are uncomfortable about things and like do things that make them uncomfortable and they're like i don't ever want to experience this again yep. and then you have you know stubborn assholes like me who's like that was the worst experience of my life i'm fucking doing that tomorrow <laughs> yeah it's funny i i i went the other way i wrestled when yeah. i was young and i wrestled for like five or six years yeah um and never did striking, but I was always comfortable just wrestling, man. Yeah. G- grappling. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's, I've never gone, it's, it's just did the pull the polarity yeah. the other way. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, there's certain things like characteristics you'll find, like, you know, a wrestler will never be as like, like comfortable standing and throwing, but you yeah. can teach them effective strikes. Sure. And stuff. Um, and then strikers, you know, th- depending on who you got, like whether or not it's possible for them to learn grappling. I feel like the natural, like having a natural, like I started grappling is better for you overall. It's like a fighter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it'll just, I, I, th- I it, it just, it's a different type of strength. It comes from your feet and your legs mm-hmm. first. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know, I know that th- striking does come from your legs too, but it's, I guess it's where your base is built. Yeah. What, what you're, what you're ready to do. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just that the pre I, the precognitive idea of what combat is for you. Yeah. You know, it's like I need to close the distance. I need to get in well. Tight, and I, I guess I guess and, and just a striker themselves. Yeah. You know, if you if you grab one leg mm-hmm. of a striker. And like, what's their balance going to be like versus like you get a single leg on yeah. a wrestler? Like, what you know? What yeah. what are so they going to do? A wrestler in control. A, yeah. a grappler inherently knows that ground isn't a bad thing. Yep. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you it's, can, it's actually it's it's one more point of contact. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, gra- uh, grappling, like they know whether they're going to take down or the other guy's going, or they just like you know trip and fall over each other and end up on the <laughs> right, ground. Right. That's still a normal thing. Yeah. Uh, in striking, and if you're training just taekwondo or just boxing, going to the ground or falling down is the worst thing you could ever do. And in fact, like it's a stopping point in almost all yeah, combat. Yeah, yeah, As soon as yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you I watch eat. a lot of point fighting. Yeah, well, stuff, well so. like PK is a yeah. good example. Um, but if you look at like what uh, like a boxing match, like a traditional oh, Western sure. boxing match, you know, uh, even if the guy like is throwing a punch and slips and falls and yep, his glove touched the yeah. ground, it's a stop and a ten count no matter yep. what. Yeah. So it's like you're like as a bo- if you grew up boxing, you're gonna think that no matter what, if I'm on the ground, I'm losing or I'm in a bad position. So it yep. becomes like a hard mountain for people to climb back over. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But that's wild. Yeah. So so really in your t- 20s huh that when you really yeah. got like fully fully into it did, yeah. you, did you do like did have you ever, did you, did you, have you ever taken fights and like actually like um no so i've never fought amateur uh i had two fights lined up one um basically like after the the uh the first one i forget like i think the the venue fell through or something when we were going and then the last time i tried to fight right before i uh um uh, started apprenticing as a tattoo artist. I had uh, like a week ahead of the time. I had broken a rib. Oh fuck! Um, and I was still gonna fight, but the guy called. Um, I, his manager called the the fighter, and they called me, and they wanted to do the the fight ten pounds lower at like one fifty five, and I think I was like, <sighs> I I was barely gonna be able to make the cut to one sixty five, and yeah. we had already like agreed to like go to one sixty. This is just like you know amateurs are just trying yeah. to find whoever they can at whatever weight class and stuff. So that fell through. But I mean, for the most part, no, just well, like some smokers get, and stuff well, like I, that. Yeah. I just not a lot of head trauma then. No, no. I mean, no, good. plenty of head trauma. <laughs> just not necessarily. From that. I did a lot of gym warning. That, that, oh, okay. That too really like yeah, messed yeah. with me. Well, though. that'll happen. Yeah. Well, in, in gym. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I, I was also that guy that even though, you know, you, there's always those guys you know you shouldn't spar with. And I'm definitely that guy who was like, well, I'm going to go spar with him. So I took a lot of damage early on, especially mm. when I was younger. Like when I, when we were just doing boxing, I was the smallest kid and I just got rocked oh. a lot. And it was like, you know, I'm fine. You know, I'm not going to be Roy Jones Jr. Or like yeah, you know, a yeah, lot of no guys shit. that like lose, uh, lose step. I wouldn't call him out directly but you know other guys who like lose a step or get cloudy and foggy and stuff i don't probably not that but the thing is like i was also at the time going to uh going through uh being uh, the courses to be an emt um and you start learning about things you start learning about ct chronic traumatic encephalitis and stuff and then you're like oh it it doesn't really matter how many times you've been concussed or how much Right. You, take, you can just take one really good hit or just bang your head really, really hard one time and you'll end up with CTE. Oh, yeah. So it's not like, I mean, yes, obviously, like the more sustained damage over a long period of time, but that's just because you're like opening up the the, the percentage, the probability of taking that one big hit too. Sure. So it's like not really a good way to measure it and like just 
at the time I was going to fight, the last fight I had, I was, you know, already in my 30s and stuff. And I was like, I know this isn't going to be me. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I already yeah. have a career. I'm already going to school and then, uh, like, to, to further my education anyway. And then, like... So... Oh, I was going to say, like, instead of... So, am I fighting amateur just to fight amateur? Like, am I just trying to be cool and prove myself and act like a tough guy? Or do I, like, want to accomplish something? Because, like, you know, honestly, like, fighting pro would never made sense. And right. if you're going to fight MMA... You have to when you have to be a hundred percent that. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you uh, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's what I was going to ask. Is like, okay, well, it sounds like then you doing this to then compete because of all the training wasn't like a goal of doing it. So yeah. So then what what did it do for you that kept you doing it for so long mm-hmm. and just training and getting better at it for like. I guess n- yeah. perceivably no like real outcome. Yeah, I well, the- I definitely trained, um, you know, striking that way. And in jujitsu, though, one of the reasons why I fell in love with jujitsu is that there's no chance of you know ruining your brain. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah it ruin your entire rest of your body, but not your brain yep. necessarily. Yep. You know, uh, just don't get the lights turned off too much, and you'll probably right. be fine. Um, yep. I competed in jujitsu tournaments like a you know. 40, 50 times at least, you know what I mean? So I've done a lot of that com- competing, uh, competing okay. from the time I was a white belt and stuff. I just you know, didn't take out like an MMA fight necessarily. Got you, got uh, you. Okay, so, but but what, I, I guess the bigger picture, what do you think just martial arts has done for you? Yeah, like, what, well, what, uh, you know, in the part of like studying philosophy and stuff like that, like uh, uh, I think martial arts, like just the whole philosophy and structure is something I didn't have and I craved. And also being like the byproduct of an extremely abusive relationship with my parents and stuff, you know, like, uh, you know, really, really dark shit. I think you, you naturally, you know how violence works and how crazy things mm-hmm. can be. So training helped me deal with the idea of craziness popping off. You know, against I mean? you, against me, or against anybody in oh, general. You oh know, God. okay. Being like, in a situation and it just happening there. Yeah. How many people have stood, just been on the street, not even like connected with the situation, just on the street, and then two people started fighting, and then like they go into panic mode almost because they're just like, I, I don't, I don't know how to experience yeah. these, process these emotions of heightened adrenaline. Yep, yep, and stuff. You know, and that's uh, that. You know, I, I don't think that's ever been me. I think that's always been my worry that I'll, I'll react. Poorly, poorly but i think i've been exposed to vi- being exposed to so much violence when i was younger and stuff yep. like that was like a big thing for me yeah yeah wow were you, were you bullied as a kid oh yeah constantly especially when like like when you go from like the inner city to or not inner city but like from the city to like you know wilsonville like because i you know i wasn't really like any of those kids yeah i was the only kid probably listening to nine inch nails you know what i mean i wore all yep. black i was that kid you know cool. like and this is the height of like when marilyn manson causes <laughs> school shootings you know so i was like definitely like like i don't know that somebody thought that i was going to be a columbine kid you know what i mean but i know that somebody did you wear a yeah. trench coat uh so yeah i, did. I, did. I love I, it I, I i did wear a trench coat before way well before that shit happened yeah 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 <laughs> And suddenly, I never wanted to wear a trench coat again. Is it funny how that happens? Yeah, yeah, you know. But I did understand being like the the concept of being just alienated from people yeah. and stuff. And then, yeah, it got boy. I got picked on for like, yeah, I actually legit got beat up for reading comic books <laughs> in school. You know, it like. 
that's not how the world works now. I was kind of yeah. jealous of all the kids now. Everyone's it's so cool to be. A, it's, it's totally fine to be a D and D nerd or a comic. Book Isn't nerd, that amazing? So. Yeah, Dude, it's great. It, it, I can't. I I would just love to like it. Be cool to like your own things. Yeah, it, you know, instead of grow like yeah, you 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 couldn't you couldn't do some you couldn't like something that other kids didn't know what it was. Oh yeah. Yeah, if it wasn't out of the mainstream, it's like made you weird. Yeah. yeah. And I think I've always been gravi- I've always gravitated to the weird. You know, like I'm, oh, yeah. I'm I'm 39 now. I'm essentially completely covered in tattoos. Uh I, I all based off of the one interaction I had with the punk rocker when I was like probably 9. <laughs> like I remember get, we were on TriMet, you know, we didn't yeah. have a car, so we were riding TriMet and this this punk rock came on and he had like a big green Liberty spiked mohawk and like you, just just studded leather jacket piercing like a se- that was the first time i saw a septum piercing oh yeah and it's just like covered in shitty tattoos and i was like that guy's so cool i want to be just like him my mom like lost her mind you know what i mean and it's funny because like yeah he was probably just a total grunge punk burnout <laughs> and, yeah. like not somebody but I'm like ah, oh, it's so cool that he's so different <laughs> yeah i've same thing man yeah it's, it's i mean soon as i moved out my mom was like anti-tattoo just completely first yeah. i mean literally moved out at 18 i mean out and it for, i flew out of alaska i was going to arizona to go to college and um stopped in washington and within a day of landing in washington i was in a <laughs> tattoo studio getting my first tattoo oh yeah <laughs> and uh yeah dude i i've always been like just kind of i knew that i was going to end up probably looking and being different than people i grew up with oh yeah just like i knew it yeah and it's just the all the question i've always wrestled with is is that because we all like wanted to be separate from what we like have experienced you know like stand mm. out a little bit more or do you think it's just because like you know like dealing with any sort of repression you're like i'm just gonna be totally different no i i, I do think there's an area of wanting to stand out um for me specifically, probably because I felt like I just blended in. I was either blending into the background because yeah. I never seemed like I was special enough or I was getting pointed out for like having red hair. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, getting made fun of for having freckles. Like like things about my figure were what made fun of me, but nothing mm-hmm. about what I did was ever like, oh, look at Aaron's cool for that thing or like. Yeah, you know, I just felt like I blended in. So I think it kind of. Do you think that goes back to like you were talking about being one of the kids that wears their jersey to school before the big game, and wanting that because that had attention, or being the kid on the side that plays plays guitar and he gets attention for that. So it's like, am I getting tattooed because I want the attention? I think I think at the beginning, I, I think at the beginning the idea of having tattoos was like definitely rebellion and mm-hmm. also like like i think i i think what i did is i wanted to then just f- some it yeah it probably was for the attention but then it felt like i was putting myself in a club of a a, a, a very a small club mm. compared to the amount of people that exist yeah. especially in the early mid 2000s man yeah. i mean tattoos weren't the rage yet yeah yeah you know especially like living in portland now it's like kind of like everybody has like 
tattoo. Yeah, dude. But you know, I, I, I like in in the mid two thousands in Phoenix, like tattoo shops were like always just like next to a bowling alley or like <laughs> like you know, and they looked di- like they were. It was yeah. just like a place where like. Where Hep C exists frequently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, they were grungy. They're dirty. Yeah. No, not not bit. not in the shops. Yeah. No, I meant I meant like like they oh in the seedier areas. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And and it just it wasn't like there wasn't like it just wasn't attractive from the street ever. And uh-huh. and it, and you would go in, it'd be cool, but it'd be all the people that like you know you'd walk in the doors and metal would be playing. Yeah. And like. Like it was just like it's it was just a place that wasn't like the rest of the town around it inside. And so I like I got yeah. attracted to being in tattoo shops. Yeah. At like 19 years old, I would do it was it's it was, pretty easy. Yeah. No, think about it. Like, I mean, like you walk around town, you, like all these bu- business buildings, government buildings, you see kind of like the same generic art, the same like like vibe that's like you know it's very like cookie cutter like 80s had that kind of overall image of 80s yep, in the 90s yep. and the 20 uh, you know the early aughts or whatever but then like you go into a, a a tattoo shop you have no idea what the fuck you're getting every tattoo shop so individual so it could be just like a simple like mom and pop shop with like fucking checkered black and white floor and then you've got like you know framed pictures of like flash and stuff yeah or like it could be like oh i made this place like a dungeon or yeah, you know, a bunch of dead things on the wall, art that you've never, you Graffiti. don't normally see. Yeah, dude, it's, you don't normally see. You yeah. don't normally see like skulls and dragons and shit, and like in the world, uh, like out, out, outlying in the world. But when you're in a tattoo shop, you see like giant dragon mural murals and stuff on place. Dude, it's yeah, it's it. It was it was it was a place of self expression, and I think that's yeah. really what it it became is realizing that oh, I can actually just express parts of myself on the external. Mm-hmm. And it was like a way of like, I don't, I don't have to wait for somebody to ask me about me. They, if they, if they have a question, my body will probably tell <laughs> them a pretty good image, yeah, a pretty yeah. good story about at least what I want the, what I kind of want them to prejudge me as. Because yeah. we're going to walk around everywhere we go, and we're gonna get prejudged by people. Mm. They're gonna, they read that fucking book, and they, they think the whole book is what you know by yeah. a cover. I don't want to make the stupid pun, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it is. And so, all right, well, I, I then I one, If they look at me, I want them at least to have some representation of me. Mm-hmm. But two. OK, I'm going to I already stand out. I'm six foot fucking eight. There isn't <laughs> I, I'm never not noticed yeah. now when I was uh-huh. when I was young, I wasn't tall. But now I'm never not noticed. So if I'm going to stand out, then I want to stand out how I want to look. Yeah. You know put big fucking holes in my ears, get tattoos everywhere. I'm bald. Like, mm-hmm. like let's, you know, and then I have to then own that. Right. Cause I'm making yeah. decisions about how I want to be represented. Yeah. People are going to judge that. I have to own my, like, so it's, it's self-acceptance. It was working through, I think, bridging the gap between really wanting to fit in and be noticed to being comfortable with being noticed. Yeah. You know, oh, I definitely get it. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess, in, like in Portland, especially, like you know, covered in tattoos, kind of the, the generic. But when yeah. you go, when you step out and you go to Idaho, everyone like, what's going on here? Like, why do you have full sleeves and hand tattoos and, and yeah. whatnot? You know, for me, I like, I think tattooing, like, one is like the community in general. It's very, 
you can kind of be whoever you want and do whatever you want, sure which is, iron, I, is ironic because you go to a tattoo convention now. It's like we're all we all wear Vans. We all wear a black T-shirt. We all have, you know, what I mean, like it's so it's like in a rush to become unlike everybody else. We ended up becoming just like that group of people, but not the art. That, no. That's where it's well, that's, 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 that's the thing, though. Yeah, it's because the art is all over the place. Yeah. Well, I'm like I like doing a lot of lettering and yep. like you know script work and stuff like that. You know, like my my, my my partner likes to do like my business partner likes to do Japanese scale uh, Japanese like work and stuff. And like everyone's art totally different. You could like look the same, listen to the same music, and what you want to do artistically is just totally by far and away off. Like totally different. Yeah. yeah. That, that's kind of crazy, and it speaks to kind of the individuality of like artists. You know, sure does. Yeah, it's it's. It's so it's it's just like liberating, man. Mm-hmm. Being being able to be f- like be feeling feeling an itch or like that 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 push from internally to have have not only just be creative but put a little bit of you into the creation, right? Mm-hmm. Like like actually kind of use the art to speak through it instead yeah. of just doing it, and then. Being able, being in a position, whether it's tattooing or music or whatever, to like not have a restriction really on how you do that. Yeah. And it's like choosing to wear a particular tattoo or a particular like style of tattoos or whatever. Like, I want this tattoo to represent this is mm-hmm. like, you know, that's allowing people to become more individualistic, which is like, you know, and it, that's the a good therapy. You know what I mean? It, it really is, and it's really like it, liberating. Yeah, like you said, like it's just like I'm fine with being noticed now. You know, my entire life, just like I'd, I'd rather just have my hood up and just mm. kind of do my own thing and exist. And it's like, all right, whatever. And people are gonna look, people are gonna look, and you can't really stop that. Yep. You know, but tattooing is like one of the oldest forms of artwork. It, it, you know, we got like thousands stone. of years. Yeah, like thousands and thousands. It's of years. paved uh, it's cave uh, paintings and stuff like that. Twenty five thousand years ago, or twenty five thousand years ago, and then like you know, maybe a little bit of clay work, maybe a little bit of like statue figurines and like stuff. But like, yeah, ta- oh, we've scar- been- well, scar- scarification, yeah. and rubbing ash in. Yeah, that. was that how the first tattoos? Were? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean that we we know that Aborigines oh. were doing that forty thousand yeah. years ago. Well, I, I think uh, I. I, I, I is this Otzi or Lotzi or whatever the Iceman? Uh, they found him. He had like fallen to crevasse and like uh, uh, like a uh, was frozen over time. But they dug him out. He's like six, seven thousand years old or something yep. like that. Covered in like tattoos and marks. You know, like oh, yeah. Mongolian princesses and stuff. From uh, they'll find yeah they'll find so one of the the crazy things in history. You know, is like a, especially like the people from the the steppe area of like Russia. You yep, know, Mongols, yep, Scythians, yep. and all those guys. Their funeral practices are – it's cool as fuck there. So their funeral practices are weird. They'll, they'll do a burial mound and then they'll ride horses over to like tamp it down. Uh, and a lot of times that gets stuck with like the permafrost under the soil. So you'll find – like they, they've done excavations and stuff and they found like Mongols that are like covered in like these crazy like uh, abstract horses and deer and stuff like that. It's just so fucking cool that like – so the – the whole time, our whole existence, we've been decorating ourselves. Yep. You know, it's like, it's very much so as like, uh, if you watch like a movie about the Roman Empire from like the 50s, 60s and stuff, they just assumed everything was white. 
I know. You know they, they seemed like we didn't, they decorated. They were they, clean. They, exactly. Yeah. Like togas and shit, you know? Like, and then, like, now, especially after we, like, excavated Herculaneum, we, like, I did it. Uh, well, that was them. The, the, yeah. the, the, the humans that do the excavating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when Pompeii and Herculaneum, which were the yep. two towns destroyed by yep. Vesuvius, yep. when you dug that out of the ash and stuff, one of the things they noticed is, like, everything was painted. There's frescoes on all the walls. They just deteriorated over time. And yeah. that's my, my absolute favorite, graffiti. Graffiti fucking everywhere. And even better than that, it's all drawn dicks. They're still just drawn dicks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's like Roman graffiti. And it's like, like, literally, it's like a, a gladiator with a big dick. And it's like, Gladiator Maximus has the biggest, most powerful dick in the world, written in like old school Latin, like 2000 years ago, uh, like at the bottom of a Colosseum. Well, what it's so it, crazy. What it is, is, is all of that is like the, like the, the post, um, in post, like, uh renaissance western people Mm -hmm. going back to all of this and looking seeing white marble and going oh the purity of white marble the the greeks and the romans had all of this like look at the look at how like it was uh, putting them on a pedestal of like purity and and Uh they, they, they imbued all of this want of what they wanted them to be on to them and that's how they wrote the history about them and we're not supposed to use the term like a lot of like historians hate the term dark ages or like middle ages or whatever you'd want to call it you know but there was definitely like in the you know i think 14th 15th century roughly around then they started like looking back at old greek philosophers and roman philosophers yeah they always had it right you know the the second enlightenment beginning of the renaissance yeah no Mm -hmm. that was that was when all that was happening um yeah i mean i mean you you know it, uh, but what they what they didn't want to see was that no, this place was abstractly painted and colorful, uh-huh. and they were they were lavish with personalized like yeah. the, the, you know everything would have been and what mm-hmm. they wore would have been extravagant. What yeah. they did on their bodies would have been extravagant. Yeah. I mean, well, especially like if you if you're thinking like the. It, for Italy, it was kind of the start of the restaurant yeah. Renaissance or whatever. They had they were growing up in the, in the midst of the ruins of the Roman Empire. Yeah, so they didn't just assume that there was marble, white marble, everything. They literally walked around and was like, "Man, there's nothing painted on anything." They had it right, you know what I mean? No, they just kind of assumed. Yeah, it, they just know? never thought that oh, a thousand fourteen hundred years of paint, yeah, wears off. Yeah, and like the the Roman kind of like you know. Most of European culture and heritage and stuff stem from the conquest of Rome, right? Yep. Rome's conquest of the, the of Europe, and specifically of Gaul. But when you read through, like, uh, um, I don't know if you ever had a uh, chance to read, like, uh, the war diaries from uh, Julius Caesar and stuff. It's very nah. much propaganda yeah, yeah. about Julius Caesar, written yeah. by Julius Caesar. But, right. you know, they describe blue faced blue-faced Celts, blue-faced Gauls, you know, people like tattooing themselves, bearded people, mustaches and stuff. That that was all considered weird and faux pas. You know, those, right. the, the cultures that like, you know, were there in Europe before were very much, you know, like biker gangs, you know, they were tattooed, they believed in Thor and Woden and all those, yeah. those oh, gangster yeah. gods. And the Romans come in, they're like, yeah, we, we're civilizing. Short haircuts, no facial hair, you know, and yep. togas. I don't understand that. We'll never get over it. Yeah. Well, and then yeah, no, they, they were they were definitely a um, very sectarian, but it it um, I I I think that there was probably a lot. I just think that's what was written about. 
I mean, we know that the Romans were like were heinous. The armies of Rome were heinous. Yeah, well, but but that's what we're that's what we're written about. I I would imagine that the people of Rome probably saw like not 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 the not Caesar's uh-huh. you know armies, but the people of Rome uh-huh. see a fucking Viking and they're like, oh, that's fucking cool. So uh, it's funny you say that. That's a hundred percent like kind of true. And a lot yeah. of says like uh, actually, it's particularly you bring up the Vikings and stuff. So th- there's a uh, I forget exactly which god and why, but like Vikings generally bathed, and they were considered more attractive by European women because they actually bathed. Not that like people really didn't regularly bathe. Like a lot of misnomers, people like uh, like a misconception that people think that like the Euro- ancient people just never fucking bathed, but they did yeah. clean themselves quite a bit. There were bathhouses. And yeah. Yeah. You know. But it but but it was still but, like one like, every oh, four. He's got or five earrings days. and shit. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, like you know, like uh, uh, especially in Rome during the the height of the Republic, it was very very uh, uh, conservative. I guess we would consider it and stuff. And, uh-huh. Oh and, yeah. Like, you know, Romans like Julius Caesar was like made a fucking huge thing because he was wearing like these purple silks that are the, the dyes that you can't get from like in Rome. You know, like this is like some dyes I got from China, dog. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how I roll. Yeah, it's so funny. That's like they they just uh, you know, yeah, they always like looked at the bad boys and stuff. And well, one of dude, speaking of pur- Chinese purple, one of my favorite things I learned was because I I love I I love thinking about um color colors like how we perceive color, how humans mm-hmm. perceive color, and understanding that like we we didn't distinguish lots of colors from other colors in like like even today you can go to west african uh tribal groups and they don't have a word for blue Mm. they don't they don't they just don't distinguish blue from green but Mm. they have 20 different greens Mm. and we have like three different greens but we have blues and they yeah. just see this. That's I mean, that's how their culture sees color and describes color. They, what is blue? You know, you can ask them to to point out blue in a square of green yeah. and they can't pick out the blue. But you can say pick out the one green that's different from the rest of the greens. And they're like micro shades different and they immediately see it. And America, you know, Western culture can't see those differences. Yeah. And so. There was a uh, the terracotta soldiers um, mm-hmm. in China yeah. that they're they're this they're this really cool purple color and yeah. they're still purple today. They were they get exposed by oxygen and their paint starts to flick off. Actually, yeah, yeah. that's why that's one of the reasons why the Chinese government doesn't want to excavate Emperor Quin's. Yeah, uh, I think it's Emperor Quin. Yeah, Emperor Quin's uh, tomb. But this color purple was made for about eight hundred years mm-hmm. in early dynasty China. Yeah. Uh, by a few families only, they had this chemical, they had the chemical composition and it's incredibly delicate. If you just get a little bit of the mixture compounds wrong, mm-hmm. it's not that color purple. Not only that, but then you have to expose it to exactly the right heat for the right amount of time. Yep. And it's like 1140 degrees. And so they would, they didn't have thermometers. They didn't have any Actually, I mean, this is... It's just family-learned recipes yeah, at that point. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is, I mean, this is 3,000 years ago. Yeah. You know, and they had an entire lineage, I mean, hunt 
five or more hundred years of history passed down mm-hmm. on just replicating this one color purple from the ore yeah. that they find around them. You know, I, I don't know if it's like if it, I'm sure it's probably already been written, but like you could do a, an entire book about like the warfare that's happened over the colors like people trying to get that you know like few people have ever heard like of the silkworm and how rare it is and how china had basically had an entire monopoly on it and how like everyone would do whatever they possibly could to try to get the hands on the silkworm so like they could develop silks you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so like and and dyes are the same way like how many like we didn't have a lot of color options but our species has always been obsessed with color variety right you know, so I was like, oh, my God, purple. Like, you know, like most of funny to bring up purple, but but like most of Europe, like purple, the only person that could wear purple was the fucking king. Yep. You know, like no one else. You can't fucking rock purple. This is like our colors. You know what I mean? Yeah. You had royal colors. Yeah. They, colors like the colors of clothes weren't for everybody. The colors yeah. of you can paint your well dye, you know, yeah. that. Yeah. It's wild to think about. Like I, I think about how how important salt was, and I spend mm. I spend hours just um, like look. Salt might be the most important thing to human development up until like the the late nineteenth century. Yeah, oh, well, it absolutely was. The amount of wars over salt, yeah. the amount of conquest over just salt is insane. But then to think like. Walking through the store and you can buy a giant bag of salt for like a dollar sixty. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a, yeah. a, 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 a uh-huh. bottle of water now so is fun- like five dollars. Nope, salt dollar sixty. Yeah, you know, what's funny is like uh, uh, salt. You know, being the uh, there's actually a great uh, story out of Japan during the Warring States period when yeah. before the Tokugawa shogunate uh, yep. kind of subjugated Japan, like all the daimyo, which are like the regional lords, fought constantly and there was uh, a landlocked country that was at war and about to die and his enemies sent him like barrel like wheelbarrows full of salt or like, you know carts full of salt so he could preserve food and continue going and his reasoning was like no one should like lose a war because of an uh, you know an empty stomach essentially you know because salt was that much of a preservative oh yeah and like look at like uh, uh Mohandas K Gandhi if you ever you know if you ever have time to read Gandhi's autobiography it's actually pretty interesting you know like mm-hmm. uh, I know there's a lot of controversy about oh yeah but, but his basically like his his salt rebellion uh, against the British Empire because they had a monopoly on buildings making salt, and so his march to the sea to make salt was just a small symbol, uh, a symbolic uh, thing of like you can't tell me what to do in my own country, but it very much sparked and like you know pushed the rebellion so much farther than you could ever think. You know what I mean? And it's just like over what salt, and that's like that's not like that's not like you know seventeenth century. That's no. the, that's nineteen thirty five or whatever. Yep. You did that. You know what I mean? Yep. You're like what? <laughs> like we were still arguing about salt then. Oh yeah. You know because because we had refrigeration and modern preservatives things in Europe. Like that was salt was still how it was getting done. And to even to nowadays in in certain places, salt still gets made the old fashioned way. Oh, salt. Yeah, yeah, and they still use it as meat preservatives you know yeah. they'll 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 do salt caches underground and bury their meat in salt caches and preserve it for months on end yeah. and and like it's it's you know i mean yeah and now it's like <laughs> salted caramel <laughs> you know you by luxury salted we have ca- so, taffy we have so much salt it's candy now <laughs> exactly yeah let's put it with all the sweet things like yeah it's it is it's it's just so wild to think that uh 
yeah, like you said, 1930, you could take photos of it and and. Yeah. I mean, there's photos. There's video. Oh yeah, like actual video of Gandhi like making salt at the fucking at the sea. You know what I mean? <laughs> like uh, like at the water, he's making salt. Yeah, so, yep. like, that's, that, that's, that's how recent that's how recent it was. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. it was to the point where like the report, the American reporter reporting on it, like went to a phone and like called New York and actually like reported his story that way. That's hey, how hot off the press here. We yeah, have, we yeah. Got, we got it's like, like Gandhi. Yeah. You know, it's like you know. They did stop everyone. Like, yeah. Gandhi walks to the sea. Stop. <laughs> yeah. He's making salt. Stop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, like, the you know, guy like, would actually sit there with the typewriter. Yes. Yeah, Stenographer. Yeah, yeah. It was literally like, oh, that's a hot scoop. Let's get it up, you know? <laughs> and, like, they even had newsies, you know, like little newsy hot kids. Off the press, with, hot yeah, off exactly. The press, extra, yeah, extra, extra, read all about it. Like, that. That's, that's how recently salt was still an issue, you know? Yeah. And yeah. that's crazy to think that that's just like one of the, the things where like we were steamlining the ocean. And like, oh, I know. We get, we get you to New York from from you know to, in to, three days, three days as long as we don't hit an iceberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the things that that humanity will like latch on to and care and like make important that isn't important, and then things like just like that, like salt. It. One of the most important things ever. (laughs) One of the most important things ever regulates so much about our body. Also, yet, if we eat too much of it, it's bad for us. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And it's, it just doesn't care about not like, it just seems like it's, I mean, if we're complaining about, yeah, I like to think, especially like learning from like, you know, studying so much history. It's like, listen, if we're complaining about, you know, the things we complain about now in our society. Oh, we're in the best time, time ever. Yeah, best time ever. Yeah. 100%. No, we it are. was like, but you pull how many people, especially like religious people, you pull, like, are we living in end times? Yes, yes, we're definitely living in end times. We've been thinking that for like 900 years, man. Oh, like, no, we've definitely. Jesus, thought, Jesus yeah. in him, I mean, you, all you have to do is read any of Paul or any of the New Testament, and all, Jesus was an end times pr- yeah. preacher. He was, he was preaching that the end times was coming for the people yeah. that were alive during his day. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a story as old as time. Song as old as rhyme. <laughs> uh, something, something is a crime. We can keep going. Um, hey, I'm going to pause real fast. I have to pee and I'm going to get more coffee. Just just go, man. Okay. And we're going to have a little, uh, actually, it's a perfect time to do a quick commercial break here. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to Falco's 90-Minute Meditation Hour. I'm your astrally projected inner truth self and part-time glory hole cleaner, Falco. (laughs) All right, my astral friends, start by closing your eyes, sit on your root chakras, and let's meditate. Today is a day of reflection. Take a deep breath and start to picture all of the things in your life that you appreciate and place them on a high pedestal in your mind. There, see how clear you see them? How good they smell? This is your samsara. Okay, reach up to your pedestal to uh, grab one of uh, your uh, shit. Dang, bro. 
I made my pedestal too tall, and now I can't reach my nice things. They're just like, right there. <sighs> it figures just how the rest of this stupid year is going. This constant slaps to the face, the taint, the bottom of your feet, and then your eyebrows get set on fire. I'm just gonna kick over my tower of nice things, get them down to the ground, and just have to rebuild it like everyone else right now. <laughs> Reflecting is stupid. <laughs> oh, well, it looks like we've made it to another hour, friends. Uh, I hope that you can reflect on things better than that. <laughs> Thanks, Falco. Um, so where were we? Uh, I think we were talking about salt, salt at this point. Salt. Right, that's where we were. Um, well, here, I want to more a little bit into... Um, so we, we started talking about it, but how did you start apprenticing? Oh, How did you actually get into... As a tattooist? Um, well, ironically, I, I became a tattoo artist because I didn't want to become a tattoo artist. That's kind of just how it happened. Um, you didn't want to? Uh, no. So, well, so I um, basically, I was working a job uh, loosely for like Xbox. I was like a networking support agent. And this is after you were a fine furniture re yeah. restorer. Yeah. Basically, my, my boss, uh, uh, Bill, he retired. And like you know, it was one of those things where he had no idea. Like his his mom passed away and like mm. left him some money, but he didn't know how much or anything. And right. he literally went and had a meeting with a lawyer and was like, uh, "I just found out I can actually retire." And one of those dudes who had worked his entire life and literally had nothing for it. You know what I mean? Yep. So it was really like the coolest thing. It's ever. funny. One of my one of my probably strongest male mentors as well. I didn't have a, a very I mean a super long, but it was incredibly impactful in like a few year span. Um, is one of the same guys put it to it, raised, yeah. you know, raised all his kids, did it, did his whole life still working, still owns his own business, but still working and has nothing to, yeah, nothing of substance to share. Yeah. yeah but some of the most knowledge you'll ever meet. The, yeah. The, the best. But and I was yeah, strangely so I was, content with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like, you know, when you're searching for things elsewise, you can like be content with where you're at in life in right. a lot of sense, you know, right. but, uh, yeah, so I had done like a bullshit telemarketing job. It's kind of what I was doing, you know, basically uh, hating it. And then I decided I want to like, you know, do something different. So I thought about becoming an EMT. And then like as I got into school for EMT, uh, being to be an EMT, like I uh, um, couldn't work that job anymore. So I, I my shop, uh, Dead God's Tattoo, um, they just posted that they, they were hiring. I had been tattooed by uh, Dominic McIntosh, one of them. Um, for a while so i applied and i was like i'm not gonna get this i had like, had like a quarter sleeve at the time like i barely had a lot of tattoos at all uh and um uh it's one of the fucking interviewing for a tattoo shop by the way if you don't have the, the if you don't have the chance to fucking take if you have the chance to definitely take it up because it's always going to be the most interesting yeah. uh i went in for my interview they were interviewing a guy covered in tattoos that had like worked in shops and i was like oh i'm definitely not getting it and then the artist like as they were talking they're like hey uh, we're running behind on this interview but we're just going to do yours at the bar and i was like oh okay cool well you know i'm like i meet them at the bar and i'm like the whole, while i was driving up there i'm like there's no they're not they're already hired somebody that's why they're having me go to the bar or whatever yeah. they, they want to be nice and like you know buy me a drink or whatever that's fucking cool and so that's literally like I, I got to the bar 
We did. I think we did a shot, and then they started asking me interview questions about like so, like yeah, like what do they ask? Yeah. Like, have you tattooed before? All that kind of stuff. Oh, are you ready for some cringe? I'll give you a little cringe. No, uh, it was like you know, like hey, how how do you, why do you want to do the job? You're right, obviously yeah. like things, and then they asked me like some like money like math questions like what's 60 percent of 500 you know that kind of shit which is like you know in the middle of a crowded bar like really hard to answer Fuck like yeah yeah like especially on the spot and you're surrounded by guys covered in tattoos and then uh they one of the questions they asked me and it's like it's one of the fucking hardest moments of my life <laughs> so saddest moments of my life almost so he's like name three famous tattoo artists so i called in sick that day because I had my interview with them and I was like, I'm going to just fucking learn about tattooing and stuff so I can be ready for this interview. So that's kind of what I was doing. I called in sick and, you know, I was like reading about it, but then I just put on like fucking Miami ink in the background just because yeah. or whatever, thinking I'd pick something up. And like, I've always been obsessed with tattoo artists. So I knew a bunch of these guys' names and they asked me that question. The only one I could think of was Avi James from Miami ink, which like anybody who's a tattoo artist just knows, yeah. that listened to this Terrible. podcast just fucking groaned like, Oh, oh no. but I said it and it just felt just naughty. It felt wrong. <laughs> like, Oh, that, that's cringe. But yeah. So I interviewed, I ended up not getting the job and then getting called a month later because they hired somebody else and they were terrible. And I started working the counter there. And then uh, we ended up moving locations. And as we moved locations, I became like the manager and the main counter guy after like just a couple of months working there. So it was, it was complete insanity. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I got the job because I didn't want to be a tattoo artist. Most people who want to work at a tattoo shop want to become a tattoo artist. And I was like, I have no interest in becoming a tattoo artist. I'm trying to be an EMT. And so like that's, that's literally how I got the job. And um, as I went through and worked, you know, because I – I don't know if it's because I'm just like, you know, obnoxious and I have to prove that I can do a good job at everything or because like the fact that I didn't want to be a tattoo artist, I was just able to run the business correctly. But like the the owner at the time, Joe, uh, made me a business partner. So I oh. owned part of the, the shop. Yeah, because I just worked so fucking hard. I was just yeah. always there. I was always trying to take care of everybody and stuff. And he just recognized it. And he's like, I'll let you buy in for this month or whatever. And Ooh, super good, good for deal. you. Good for you, man. Yeah, just luck. I mean, it's it just luck, you know, like it wasn't. Yeah any supernatural talent or anything, you know, you're just like, I, I just like, you try say, to be, no, 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 see, you, dude, you say that. Well, yeah, but you have to recognize, I do this to myself all the time and I'm actually in a position in my life right now where I'm having to, to rectify that I do this about myself is when you exceed at something that is kind of abnormal for most people and all you're doing is you like, Oh, I'm just doing what I do. Yeah. But, but things are happening that are that seem like probably abnormal for general people. Uh huh. In and it, that that is the superpower. Yeah. That like oh. you, you just said, I, I don't have any super. No, <laughs> no, you you do because normal people. If you were to just pull the planet, mm-hmm. you're probably in like five percent of all humans. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I mean, I mean, really think about like like. There aren't that many people who just find themselves doing that and also having done everything else. Like, yeah. you know, I, I right now I'm so I, I, I'm a mechanic. I lift trucks and I do all that shit. And I, I had I just quit my old job and started at a new shop and uh, they hired me on as the, the, the service manager to, mm. to run the whole shop. And so I'm like, OK, and I went in, and, you know, did the whole thing. And now that I'm working there, like, it's really weird. I, I get a lot of compliments from, 
like the man, the store manager and other things Mm -hmm. and like compliments about my, my skill and my knowledge. And they're, they're saying those things to me. They're treating me like I have some superpower because I'm, I just what I do and what I know and how I've dedicated myself to like understanding how vehicles work and things like that. Like if I'm doing it, why not read all about it? Why not? Yeah. Why not do it correctly? If you're going to do it, do it correctly. Like we were talking about earlier and just, but, but no, no, not just like how to do it, but why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Learn everything about it. Yeah. And so just because that's how I've operated, I I'm having to understand that that's not normal with mechanics everywhere. Like they don't all just apply themselves to, to know it all. Yeah. Like, like that's not normal. There. Yeah, I see what you're saying, and, and maintain that. And for me, it's normal. It's it is my experience. Uh-huh. It's how our brains work. It's how they've always worked. Yeah. And so for us, it's like no, I'm just, I, I'm not even trying hard. I can, I can try harder, and I can show you what it's like. Like you know, but for me, this is just how I work. Mm-hmm. This is like my level. I'm not breaking you know a sweat or anything like that. And yeah. For them, it's exceptional. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. And honestly, for me, I like, I've always said, I feel like I lucked out because it's like how many, I learned how to do this job well because I had done other jobs, like working yeah. for, like in the woodworking place and stuff like that. You know, when you learn, like, like, this also like goes into philosophy and martial arts and too. It's like a, you know, kind of a cliche quote at this point, but Musashi Miyamoto has a quote mm-hmm. along the lines of like, once you understand the way in one thing, the way in all things become clear. And I feel like several of those beats got hit in my life throughout the course. And then that, that just made me who I am. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like it's, I, I lucked out because I lucked out and got the discipline or, you know, ended up getting disciplined to like, kind of like, you know, put my head down and work or, well, or for instance, so like, do you, it's funny to hear luck because I don't, I wouldn't equate getting the job and then learning from the job as the same type of thing. So, so yeah, you getting the woodworking job may have been luck that you landed the job, but what Mm. you got from the job was equal to what you put into it. And that's, and that's you. That's not luck. That's a good point. You, you, that, that I see, I see what you're saying. I, I guess, I mean, I mean, I, I was lucky that when I applied to become the manager at Dead God's Tattoo, that I, I was lucky that I had had the previous experiences that I had. Yes, granted, it was me doing that, but well, you know, whether you want to call it luck or well, okay, debunk, okay, but know. that's okay, I, 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 see, I, I completely see, and I'm just being pedantic at this point, and uh-huh. I like, I like that's okay, diving deeper and kind of poking holes, uh, flushing things out, you know, running something to its extent, um, is is to to. To say that you were to, you're starting something and you're lucky you had the past you did, yeah, is is basically like that's like w- would you would you say it would you run that all the way back to say then you're just you're glad you were born, yeah, because I mean, you got the dead the, god or when you started dead like mm-hmm. to me it, it's 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 like well. To, to say one is lucky to have lived when they started something that they did yeah. good at is is like so well, of course 
So I think that I, literally every everybody listening to this podcast, everybody that has existed and everybody who will exist is extremely lucky. Because you think about, about it, like we were talking about the origins of life. From yeah. the moment that like the primordial ooze like twitched and become like a fucking living cell, you know, to this point, every single one of your ancestors was able to be was able to be healthy enough to rep- and lucky enough to reproduce and to live long enough to do so. Yeah. Throughout the whole course of history, you know, none, none of our ancestors, none of your and I ancestors were died prematurely or fucking were murdered <laughs> would, before being able to like, you know, would fucking you, produce again. Would you <laughs> then, pretty lucky. Okay, okay, <laughs> That's well, luck to me. <laughs> well, okay, but, but would you apply the exact same luck to a seagull? So, yeah. No, 100%. So the seagull, that seagull that seagull's is lucky, lucky as fuck, bro. <laughs> yeah, we, think about it. Okay. Yeah. Like, see, every, see, everything what, that lives today. What I, what I look at it is inevitable. It's not luck. Mm. It's inevitability. Yeah. It is It is exactly on trend. Well, I think the way you're looking at it is much more uh, uh, healthy than mine. <laughs> well, <laughs> much more healthy well than mine. for me, for me, it's the fact that I'm here yeah. isn't lucky. It is exactly on trend. Mm-hmm. With the way evolution has gone on this planet, oh. with every other living thing that's ever existed, yeah. it is now. I think throughout, like the the course of our, so like you know, uh, you know, of all the species that have ever existed, they postulate that ninety nine percent of them have gone extinct. Yep, we've had five major epochs throughout the whole six. Of six, yeah, we're six. in one right now. Yeah, well. I feel like you can't really read that until it's after, you know, but well, uh, regardless, yeah, you know, yeah. we've had epochs, we've had like ice ages, we've had asteroid impacts, you yep, know, yep. and uh, I think that everything that's alive today is, is, is whether you want to call it luck or, or the divine inevitability of, hmm. of existence. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's but somewhere in the middle. I don't, I don't put a lot of, um, I guess, importance on the fact that we're alive like yeah. like because it's if we weren't we wouldn't know mm-hmm. there wouldn't be no awareness of not have ever been being alive right yeah and being alive is just what happens on a planet with life i mm-hmm. like literally at, at the at the the basis of it you know not drawing in any bias not drawing on any like like love of my parents or like 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 love of any of that just of existence from a baseline Mm. we we are trees on this planet we are you know life as a cellular phenomena yeah is ubiquitous yeah and pretty un un unmiraculous The yeah, fact no, that uh, things live, right? Yeah, and, and so and I see what you're saying. Big picture, you yeah, know, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. and I, I think that what well, my brain, it's, my brain, f- won't let me not go there first. Like, mm-hmm. like it's just I'm, I'm a, I'm a engineering kind type brain. A very methodical is how my brain just kind of forces me to like baseline view, right? It's yeah. I will always go there first. And I think it's important to go there first because then we get to derive meaning from the ordinary. We 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 are then yeah, the ones saying. not not that like like if we say just 
I think we're, we're to to just say we're lucky to be alive is broad enough. It's accurate. Mm-hmm. Is accurate, but broad enough that somebody who says, "Yeah, we're lucky to be alive because uh, Muhammad is our one true prophet," <laughs> or we're lucky to be alive yeah. because. Mercury is in retrograde at this exact point, or we're Man, lucky. I hate it when my Mercury is in Gatorade. <laughs> Throws off my but, whole but fucking it, it allows any <laughs> it allows anything to be put in, and then that yeah. fit for for even opposing ide- yeah. opposite ideas could yeah. both be true with that. And and for me, I like being a little more precise in explaining at least my my view on it, mm-hmm. not prescribing it to others, but to go like. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm. If there's any luck in, involved, it's that I'm lucky to be one of the living things that cares about its well-being. Yeah, to an extent that, or or cares about others' well-beings. Can can put can think about what others think. Like, yeah, you know, we're lucky to be that living thing. Yeah, I mean, that's the heart of what I'm saying. Is yeah. Like, I think that it, the fact that life exists at all is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> like, like, you know, whether you want to call it luck or like you want to say you're just fortunate, which for some reason doesn't have like as many con- like you know, well, connotations. It, as, uh, I think it's only fortunate if we if we're if we're presupposing purpose or like or like something into it. Yeah. I I think I think we have to be imbuing it with a special quality mm. for it to then be like nice it's we, it's only because we sit here and care about and love things yeah. that then it's important to have been being here to love like i'm saying like a tree a tree isn't like fortunate right I mean, so yes, and I don't think that I think it's the combination of the two, right? Like, yeah. there's there's luck involved or fortune involved yeah, yeah. In, in existence, you know? Like, yeah, I was a tree, or like you know, a tree isn't necessarily inherently lucky, but it's pretty fucking lucky if it doesn't get cut down or burnt. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, it, and now, <laughs> yeah, see, that's yeah. the thing. It can be like the the start can be inevitable, but like you know, I think there's a not necessarily there's no supernatural luck. I don't believe no. In of course, like of course, of course. But just like the fact that like you know, yeah, I was a tree, but I was a tree that also like didn't grow up on a cliff didn't get knocked down didn't get burnt didn't get like some sort of fungal infection and had my limbs rot off yeah. and even then like all life is tree branches i personally like <laughs> i'll always think maybe it's because i smoke too much weed but i always think i'm a little lucky that i come from a life branch that wasn't clipped <laughs> no of course I, I i i i agree with you on everything i just yeah. i find it i guess it's just the way like my 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 brain or like my my working definition of what luck is like won't let me put life in that category of luck by yeah and and and, it, and what i love is that you do and <laughs> and and how and like you you gave a very good definition there that really uh, really elucidated like how your thought process gets you to why it's lucky because you you yeah we're not on a branch that got clipped or a tree on a cliff edge like i of course yeah. and like i get that to I think, me i think it's the combination of the two to, to yeah. me it's just like it's probable it's it's it it is it luck to me 
means that it is more likely that it wouldn't have been that way than not. Mm-hmm. And to me, it seems like we are in 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 the median range yeah. of probability. I mean, we're yeah. we're not like a a one to ninety nine percent thing. It's it's a question. I think I like a lot of uh, like throughout human history too. Like a lot of scientists have said, like it was life inevitable. Yeah. Was it just inevitably going to happen? Like you get a couple, right. a little bit of water, a little bit of H two O, or a little yeah. bit of like you the know right, air, the right oxygen, yeah. and then fucking like a little bit of like molten lava to like warm things up and yep. spin things around, and like boom, that's life. Right. You know, and I don't know if we're lucky or if that's like see, and and that that is the for me, I am in, I am firmly in the camp of inevitability. Mm-hmm. I, I to think, are you, you going to say life finds a way, Ian Malcolm? <laughs> Life uh, finds a way. It's true. I mean, it is I, true. I think. I think to a point. Again, that that's like a deepity. Life finds a way is a deepity. Have you ever heard that term? A, a, uh-huh. what, a deepity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like a, a deep thought. Well, a deepity is is something. Uh, I forget who coined the term, but it's it is it is a deepity is a saying that on the surface is true. But any amount of deep thought actually doesn't mean anything on the subject. So if you want oh, yeah. to start actually applying uh-huh. it to individual things, it falls apart. But like, mm-hmm. like so, yeah. So it, life finds a way is kind of accurate. But for me to to think that life only happened once on this planet. Oh, yeah. Like life could have That's started a million times. It probably and, did too, and, right? It probably like click, like like we're talking about like the ooze clicking together in our first yeah, like yeah, first words. twitches of life. That probably happened and then died, and then happened and then died, and it, then happened and then died, and went on a little longer, and then yeah. that died. And like we could yeah. have had many iterations of single cell life, we would have no trace of them. Mm-hmm. It's just our branch of single cell life yeah. that became multi cell life. Is the one obviously that 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 worked? It's, yeah, it had to be unbroken chain, but we don't have evidence of how many other chains independent of ours were even started. Yeah, like it to me, it's just kind of like, yeah, of course. Well, what's crazy too is like so like um, I don't know if you you know, between ice ages and plate tectonics, if you've ever really like studied any plate oh, tectonics, so, you know, basically all of the original crust that we would have seen has been ripped apart. Actually, uh, there's a, a little area, and I think I want to say like north, it was like northwestern Australia. They actually find some of the rocks that just so happened to be some of the rocks from like the earliest life, yeah, like, like four or five million year old with like billion year life. old, yeah, 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 yeah exactly, yeah. like super old, and like you know actually showing signs of life. Yep. So like how much of like we talk about that too, like how all these cave are all our ancestor dwellings and stuff for the most part we were all like very sea and river located and all those tides rose and fall so we probably don't most of our like historical record is underwater and we'll never be able to get that back you know now it's like the sea levels have risen so much that all those like towns from like prehistoric like really neolithic paleolithic stories yeah they're gone yeah 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 i mean you the only evidence we even have is some very, very early megalithic structures, but yeah. but like even Gobekli Tepe, I think, is yeah, the, the oldest known temple thing. Yeah, that's and, like and forty we, years, and we, uh, well, twenty thousand years ago, right? Eighteen, twenty thousand, something like that. Pre pre ice age. Yeah, I think they're like they're still like determining the age somewhere. But between did you did you hear did you hear that recently they uncovered um, footprints 
uh, in God somewhere in in Canada. I want to say uh, northern U.S., southern Canada. Some I can't remember exactly where, but in North America, um, sets of footprints that are you know in mud flats and stuff like that that uh-huh. are still there that are dated to twenty thousand years ago. Yeah, um, there's a, so there's a set of footprints that was like in volcanic ash that hardened in, I want to say like a, a South South Africa or something like. Well, that. Well, no, no, I'm saying I'm saying countries. in the U.S. So, so the yeah. thing is, oh, the thing uh, the thing that we've said is is we didn't think that humans had been in the nor- in North America. Yeah, well, so since the Ice Age, and that would have been the land bridge that mm-hmm. brought them the, from. The, it's the Bering Strait Bridge. Yep. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that would have been the land bridge that they followed over, and so that would have been eleven thousand years ago, mm-hmm. somewhere around that. They range. pushed that back significantly. Yeah, now we're times. now we're thinking like, oh no, now we definitely we have definite proof that pre Ice Age mm-hmm. there were already humans. All through North America. Yeah, we're, I, I think I think the common conception is that, that, that North America was probably had people in it roughly twenty five plus thousand years ago. Yeah, which is like it, I mean it makes sense. So like, there's a lot of weird stuff when it comes to the land bridge, right? When you talk about the, the Bering Land Bridge separates uh, Russia and, and Alaska and Alaska exactly. Yeah, I'm from Alaska, so you definitely heard it. So uh, one of the reasons why they think that they weren't sure that if humans mi- migrated in large numbers was because the cave bear, the cave bear in North America would have been the, like the biggest, I mean, it's giant. It's like a 14 foot tall bear. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, but they, they think that like the short face bears and stuff like that, like those, and I mean, like we were dealing with the American ch- uh, hyena, this, uh, like, and wolves. Uh, yeah. The dire wolves, uh, um, that could have been, they postulate the packs could have been up to like 300 members. It's absolutely insane. These giant roided out wolves. Yeah. Um, Cyber, but yeah, you know, Regardless of whether or not it was a trickle over 50,000 years or if it was a mass flood 11,000 years ago, it could have been both or varying it, degrees, it, right? It, but, it was likely both. But, the, you know, it's funny is like the, uh, that we migrated that way. We're, all, we're 100% sure that's how it happened. You know, either we went around the land bridge or maybe like there, there well, were some some like boating things that so happened. So that's what they know? call the Clovis people. Yeah, the Clovis the people that, actually. Is that use the I was just about to bring them up. Heads. Yeah. And yeah. so what we're now finding is evidence of pre-Clovis yeah. humans uh-huh. mm-hmm. in North America. Yeah. And the Clovis people oh. introduced into the population of pre-Clovis humans that were yeah. already here. And so I, I would say that there's probably it's probably several diasporas, you know, yeah. like people moved over 50,000 years ago. The Clovis moved but, in after that. It's well, the same thing. that. So here's the irony here. So uh, well, I wouldn't say irony, but so, yeah, people probably moved in 50,000 years ago or started to. Right. And then the Clovis people showed up, overproduced them. So they that, that other culture disappeared. Um it's similar to what happened in the Great Steps. Like the Scythians, they spread out. The Huns spread, you know, the Scythians spread out. The Mongols spread out and stuff like that. They're always ro- venturing out into the farther steps, uh, parts of the steppe in Europe and Asia and stuff because right. there's another group of people developing in the inner, like inner Mongolia that's pushing them out, right? Similar to how we push, probably pushed through the Bering Land Bridge. Yeah. Exact opposite of the horse. So the horse developed in North America originally and then it went extinct. And they weren't really sure, like, you know, like we went extinct and they had actually been transported, either transported by us or they migrated east across the land bridge, ended up in Asia. And that's when the Mongols were the first people to really master the horse, we think, you know, roughly those, that area, those people. You know, Mongols is very specific. 
uh, uh, set of people and like they, right. had, they had several forebears, but we're kind of thinking that uh, that seems to be the, the thing, but it's like, cause the, the great steps are very similar to the great plains of, of North America. Yep. And all of the wild horses in North America are all descended from one group of 160 horses that the Pueblo Indians like freed when they attacked the Spanish in like 16. 16- 52 or some shit like that yeah, it's crazy yeah <laughs> like everyone like yeah. you go out to like eastern oregon right now you'll see hundreds of horses and like most of those are probably descended from like that one group yep. but they they were free in north america and they're perfect they're, they're the actual uh topography that they like you know existed in before so they just exploded like crazy yeah yeah i mean the great plains are the perfect Place a, for them. Yeah. There's a book called uh, American Serengeti by yep. Dan Flores. Yep. Love it. Absolutely. Dan Flores is an amazing yeah. history writer. God damn it. Did we just become best friends? I think we did. Fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, uh, I, I love I love that. I love the uh, – yeah, I read all about uh, I, the horse introduction in the United States. The fact that, yeah, they most likely came from here first. Uh-huh. Um, my big thing is, is what I love thinking about is – I. I, I I have this like personal belief that we've been seafaring so much longer mm-hmm. than humans want to modern historians anthropologists want to give us credit for oh yeah I would say so you too. know they, they say there's no way oh. there's no way we've been seafaring you know pre 10,000 years ago. And I think so. Here's the thing with that. I, 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 I do understand where a lot of people get hung up because like historians will all tell you like there's a group. Most historians will say that, you know, for the most part, human culture developed about 6,000 years ago in ancient Sumerian, right? Yep. Like kind of generic thought. And yeah, there's Graham Hancock and several other people that say Graham with- Hancock's a fraud. <laughs> but i mean the, he's he's bombastic i would say at the very least um and I, I you know yes intelligent developed cultures i'm sure there's plenty well for their time were advanced cultures that have died out that's not like a mystery but like when it comes to scientists it's very much like a lot of them are trying to say like listen i'm gonna say that it's six thousand years old because that's when we have concrete proof of yep. the earliest civilizations yep. now whether or not there were civilizations 150,000 years well, ago that there like, had died to, down there had to have been that's the thing is yeah. like but a scientist like generally speaking and of course this is very generalization yeah. but like a, a lot of scientists will, will tell you like like you know I'm not gonna say. No, like, this like, is I our best guess. Like, I don't believe in aliens, right? right. Now, now, when I say that, everyone groans. But it's like it's not that I don't believe in in, in visitations, or that I definitely believe they exist in the universe, right? Same. But you know, whether or not they develop, or like whether or not they're showing up to fuck with our pilots right now, I don't know. I can't say that for sure. And I'm not gonna say I believe that aliens are visiting us until I see concrete proof, you know. And like, you know, listen to someone's first, uh, you know, first person testimony or whatever, like that, you know, like eyewitness testimonies, like very fucking unreliable so it's like i don't i don't know like you might have been high you might not have been high when you saw it you might have saw something and then like rationalized it the best you can because that's yeah. how our brains work yeah they're not reliable mechanisms of, of finding truth yeah yeah no our our yeah human perception is is entirely flawed and that's why we build instruments yeah you know but but even and that's just what where i've been yeah like where i've always said like i'm not gonna say i Yes, we were probably seafaring. Now, whether or not that was like a couple of cultures or a couple of scenarios or like right. a, a few groups of people doing it or if it was a standardized practice that was developed because people were pushing into other people. Right. I don't know. I well, don't know the answer. The Chinese might have J- – Chinese or the Japanese might have visited North America too. That's also a thing. Here, Here's just how my brain works. 
is how how my brain likes to think that human brains work because we know that the the human brain the the modern human brain has been in in its configuration for somewhere around two hundred thousand yeah roughly speaking that's a, like the origin of the Homo sapiens sapiens yeah in our, yeah our yeah, yeah, yeah yep yep and so you you give us two hundred thousand years of being mostly coastal yep and if we look at a log just wood. And it's floating in the water, and we're by water all the time. Oh yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. You, us, a, a, a hundred and fifty thousand years ago, a human would have stood by the water and watched wood float and go, "I bet I can ride that." Well, how I know for sure that we probably had groups of people visiting North America, the Western yeah. Hemisphere, or whatever, and like I, I wouldn't say I know for sure. Rather, I should say like how I I, I would definitely postulate that we definitely have is is you look need, need not look anything farther than how Hawaii got populated. Exactly, motherfuckers like got in a dugout canoe and rode from fucking you know Samoa and Tonga to fucking yeah. Hawaii. Like holy shit, that is nuts. And like if that happened, you definitely bet that it probably happened some places else. Oh yeah, too, we're crazy. Know? That's the thing. That's the thing is is you can't you like a, a hundred thousand years ago, humans were crazy, mm-hmm. just like we are today. We <laughs> people will light fireworks in their hands, and they know what fireworks do. Humans would have just gone, no fuck it. Today I feel like hopping in this boat and just sailing. F- fuck it. Oh, yeah. Fuck it, and and we and we we've been a fuck it species. Oh, for for a two hundred thousand years, we've been a now there were far less than of us. Well, I'm sure, like I'm sure too, like what it it wasn't just like somebody got in a fucking boat and we're like we're sailing over, we're just going to sail in this direction. And, like you know, probably they sailed a couple of days in this direction. They saw some islands. And they're like, yeah, oh, we'll check these islands out or whatever. And then, like you know that you know like all right, well next time we go, we're going to go for two weeks, you know, and then we'll flip back around and come back, you know, like it was. But we're probably always, just fucking around. Like but, that, that's the best part of our species. Is we're always just kind of fucking around trying to figure out right. what works and what but, doesn't. You know, we're very inquisitive and, and, and in that time. Gener- I mean, we're talking hundred thousand years, mm-hmm. not not thirty years, not yeah. just one human's lifetime, right? You give a population, a coastal little population who just sits around this area, a couple yeah. thousand people mm-hmm. they, that are just dying and you know low numbers, yeah. of course, early death rates and all of that stuff. But you give you give just a little hunter gatherer troop a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Of getting boats, their kids are raised by their parents who are like working on boats, and then they come and like keep up working on these boats, and you give yeah. that a thousand years, yeah, and they've just gone farther and farther, and they say they they live on the same plot of beach, and they just sail off from the same plot of beach, yeah. and just like, well, the Viking long longboat is like a great example of like that's just a basic wooden design that like they kind of took and they just. The, you mean before that it was galleys you yeah. know what I mean like yeah. you're like all rowing power and they basically developed something that would you know, ride the waves as opposed to just like cut through it so harsh you know but and that's the the thing about like uh, uh, and they, they were I mean like riding the North Sea from like Norway to like Greenland England. Greenland yeah Greenland or North America let's be on Vinland is what they called it yeah. but like they, they the Vikings definitely did discover like North America oh. we're almost 100% sure oh yeah like you know like five or six hundred years before the Spanish yeah like oh yeah yeah 
for sure. Yeah, and still, still weird saying that they discovered it. Well, let's say like the first Europeans, and <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> it were, was already discovered by several set. Oh, people. They, they, yeah. were, they were, there were, there yeah. by, by the time that the Vikings even set foot on North America anywhere, mm-hmm. there had already been ten thousand years of humans living there. Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, we've, we humans had already been there, and we've had cultures live and die oh. for ten thousand years yeah. before Vikings and even. Then, then it kind of goes into like what you call a culture, right? Because yeah. it's like you know the, the foundations of culture, civilization. You know, like oh, we say ancient Sumeria. It's like okay, well, are, are you saying that because they have like a writing text or whatever? Then like most cultures that have existed probably don't be get, get to be considered cultures, right? You know, uh, now is it like taxation or is it just like oh, hunter gatherers? Well, there yeah. was definitely hunter gather like towns that probably would have been big and then small and it was always like how many resources are in the area I and would, how you can keep those resources yeah, i going. would think you would just culture I, I if i would to be it would be a a any set group of humans who um work together on a shared common belief yeah and in that case you know that's literally like from the you know the first couple of groups of people that started fire at that point. That, that you know, of course, then, of then, course, then, then, you're, then, because, then because, for you, the foundation of culture is because, because two hundred thousand years ago. Well, but no, it's longer because because you can look today at any one troop of bonobos and understand that they have culture. Yep. Uh, I would we're, say we're not, chimpanzees also have culture no, as well. Any, but, any of but those the, are our cousins. We're not talking about them. We're talking about us. Whales have culture. <laughs> well, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, yeah that's true. Uh-huh. There are Most so mammals. many mammals, but whales groups. are kind of assholes. You know, we all cl- we all made the agreement that we would climb out of the ocean, but the whales are like, nah, bro, we're going back in the ocean, and we're just gonna stay smart down here, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like most people don't understand that that like uh, whales are actually they kind of regressed <laughs> yeah. you know in a way yeah. That, yeah. that we climbed out of the fucking water because we're like dude this land shit is awesome breathing air is awesome and there's always one asshole's like nah bro i'm still gonna we'll stay go in the water yeah. yeah they still got five fingers more for us like, uh, yeah more for us they're yeah. mammals they got five no. fingers they still have to breathe you know they've yep. developed uh, elsewise but like you know as, as far as like civilization human civilization right know, right speaking yeah. of that you know like um oh culture i i think i think i think you could I don't make any doubt at all that you could go back to uh, early Homo erectus, uh, Australopithecus, mm-hmm. any anywhere in that divination of uh, primate evolution. Yeah. Hominids. Homin- yeah. Well, w- when primates became hominids. I mean, we're yeah. all still primates yeah. um, first. So, but yeah, when, when the hominid line, I, I don't find any reason to think that the groups of 30 or 40 of those hominids sitting around together weren't i would say so. culturally significant from the next group yeah. of 30 or 40 hominids mm-hmm. and but like that's the jump right you know like i would say yeah bonobos and chimpanzees are the most relatable in fact you know there's an argument as to are we more like chimpanzees or more like bonobos 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 sure. trade fucking bananas for sex awesome they're Hell in the yeah. oral have a lot of fun. Those yeah, matriarchal. Chimpanzees kind of bite each other's faces off. Kind yeah, of fucked they, up. they love tearing genitals. Yeah, they what's, love can tearing. we can we just agree 
<laughs> genital pulling that's pro- that's our cultural reference yeah that's our level of civilization yeah because we moved away from ripping each other's genitals off at least sort of well we cut we, them off now it's much more civilized we've removed <laughs> we, we 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 evolved from going there first yeah we evolved that from that being just like the go-to move to like yeah Okay, maybe let's be a little more civilized about yeah, combat. Yeah, I'm more civilized. That's why I'm going to hit you in the fucking face before I start ripping your dick off, which honestly yeah. makes sense. Is yeah. that the that's the test? Yeah. Fuck. We need to talk to all our anthropology friends. I right. Mean, we don't have any, but and they probably don't respect us if we did. But yeah, that's it. Like that's our civilization. When did we start ripping each other's dicks off? Okay, like from there on, that's civilized. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the 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 move to like body shots, liver yeah. punches, yeah, uh, <laughs> just anything else, or even just like, hey, instead of just going for you, I'm gonna stand back and just use a tool to hit first yeah. instead, like to remove the proximity thing, but yeah. still attack. Maybe that's a good sign uh-huh. for. Well, I think. So, if you look at it, right, like, chimpanzees will, like, actually have, like, gang fights and oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, they'll line up and fight and stuff. And that, that's literally how we fought forever up until, like, literally the Romans, essentially. Yeah. The hoplites or, yep. you know, phalanxes yep. and stuff like that. We just gang of dudes get it together and they'd fight another gang of dudes. Absolutely. So, like, I, yeah, we started civilizations. They're probably destroyed by a lot of other little civilizations, you know? Like, but, like we were woodworkers before we were anything else. Anything oh. else. Like, like one of the things, too, like, it's really, really sad when you think about it is, like, the Scandinavian tribes specifically, they didn't do a lot of stone masonry work. No. They, they have runes and stuff they carved, but they were largely woodworkers, and that's all gone. So another thing with like we talk about ancient civilizations, like how many like elaborate designs and like wood know, carvings, wood yeah. carvings that don't exist now because well you, you know, can they, look you can look directly at like the old uh, Japanese wood wood carving uh-huh. stuff that they they have like five thousand year old yeah. passed down traditions and how ornate that is and you imagine that like oh okay I, I I have no problem thinking that what they're doing now was as good five thousand years ago. Yeah. Right. And then you just keep pushing. I mean, it's so easy to think that a sharp thing in wood is like, of course, they're going to sit there and do that. Yeah. Uh Well, I mean, it's the most versatile and useful thing. Not only like it keeps us warm at night, (laughs) like not shelter, but fire too. You know what I mean? Like, is that that's how we made nets. It's how we made boats. It's how we made everything. You know, like Japan's and it's interesting that we brought that up again because like Japan's probably has the most historic, like longest, most historically accurate like history than, than almost any other culture. Yeah. Um, but in general, like, that's because of their isolationism. Like, essentially, like, you know, the, Japan didn't get invaded and conquered as much as England did, you know, or, or sorry, Great Britain, excuse me, guys, Britain, right. Britain, Britain in general. Because, bef- proximity. Uh, I mean, when you look at British history and stuff, um, you know, there was Brit- the Britons, the Celts, the Celts that lived there, and then the Romans came and invaded. And when the Romans' yep. power waned, the Saxons invaded. And when the, the Saxons' power waned, the Scandinavian tribes, the Danes invaded. And when the Danes, after the Danes invaded, then the, uh, the, uh, then it was the the Normans. Yeah. <laughs> they all spoke French and had the coolest yeah. haircuts. And then yeah. fucking, you know. Well, you had the Ottoman Empire thrown a little bit in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, from the east side. Yeah, what's, what's, what's funny about that is, like, in, in England in general, is, like, people don't realize that, like, Richard II, the Lionheart, you know, the most British of fucking kings, most of the, like, high-born, middle-aged kings that you, you, you associate with England, they all spoke French. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was their main language, you know? Yep. Fascinating. Fascinating. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it just, again, it, I, I don't, I, <laughs> I would, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, so like, like we're talking about ancient civilizations that died out. Like we know that the Britons existed because we have historical record from people that conquered them. Yeah. And the, there's like, they, they did some small metalwork metallurgy right we don't most of our civilization civilized history we didn't have that we yep. were only like you may be stone masons but for the most part woodworkers you know yeah. you know really we didn't start like the foundations of, of human civilization Sumeria. well that's the first time we really started working large-scale like you know stonework well well ooh, no i mean i mean for sure um the for i mean that i mean Sumeria isn't um, long enough ago because mm. we were doing definitely big stonework. Gobekli Tepe has like I large mean, scale stonework. That's twenty five thousand years ago, roughly. The Sphinx is nine thousand years old. Yeah, well, there's debate on the exact origin origin of the Sphinx and whether or not like the current incarnation of the sphinx was the original design that like i think that you know i think that generally speaking they said that like the sphinx was you know carved nine thousand years ago and then like it was updated with like the pharaoh's face you know one of these times and stuff so it's been like it's like some probably started as like a natural might have just started as like a natural formation that kind of looked like something that they carved to make it into something sure and then just adjusted it you know but like it's hard to say you know we, we realize that we are closer cleopatra it's closer are, to the iPhone. Yeah, it's closer to the iPhone than she was to the pyramids. Yeah. Yeah. And the pyramids now, like now we're unlocking more information. Like everyone's like, oh, the aliens built the pyramids. Like now, honestly, we, we, we just realized that Egyptians probably used concrete. You know, like various forms of concrete. Roman concrete, actually, by the way, is like the best know, concrete it is. ever existed. Okay, so we all get stoned and read the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They, um, they well, it, it it has like the ability to um, harden like, underwater. Ex- yes, thank you very much. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and if if you pour it and let it set underwater, it is even it, it cures even stronger, mm-hmm. fully submerged in water than yeah. it would if it was in air. Yeah, because we, you can literally walk down. You can drive a car down Roman Street right now in Europe. Yes, yeah, you know, couple but, but of, couple millennia old. And again, and like, that goes back to the same gym. thing that fascinates me about the chemistry of making the color purple that the Chinese had that that no one else could replicate yeah. again. Like we we still can't quite get yeah. the same purple that they could get with our modern chemistry today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we like the Roman concrete was like the biggest mystery ever, well, and we just now kind of thinking that we solved that issue. Yeah, we 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 but we've... but we we also realized that you know the Romans they didn't Romans never invented well be bombastic Romans never really invented anything. They just like kind of borrowed from other cultures, including their gods. Like I mean, like yeah. let's let's be honest, they were they were Greekophiles for a yeah. long time. Oh yeah, you know the phalanx the the Roman legions are built off the phalanx. You know, yep. like that the gods, the pantheon yeah, the of Rome, gods, Jupiter's is Ju- Zeus. Roman and, took everything. Yeah. yeah, and concrete was probably Egyptian, which is probably like much a much a much easier and more logical way of how they actually built the pyramids. At least the center interior stones could yep. be built with concrete because it wasn't as good looking, and they t- powered the limestone over the top of it but we also up until what like maybe 56 years ago thought that it was built by slaves not true they were artisans <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean now there were a lot of them oh. and that and that now that's the thing is yeah no they, they, but they found the towns that were built for the quarries of the rock yeah. you know which is like uh, historically like you but, know but the yeah, worst job was, you could this, have in but any this was done because they wanted to do it 
yeah, no, this was like this again. Is the whole culture said, "All right, we're putting our our we're putting the next few generations toward this thing," and this is just what we're going to do as a civilization is build these pyramids. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, like we we thought it was like hundreds of years old. And you know, like 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 the the construction would like took right. place over. No, it's no. like honestly, it was very quick. It was it was very quick and like like, like 50, also, 60 years. I have to yeah. say, I'm so fucking frustrated when I hear the the aliens built the pyramids what? thing. It's 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 insult to our species, and it's particular insult to a culture that like one one everyone was like, oh well, you know the the aliens built the pyramids, the 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 great pyramids, the pyramids of Giza, the ones that like everyone associates when you say the pyramids. That is, those are like some of the last pyramids that were made. <laughs> you know, they have like 200 plus pyramids dotted around the fucking thing. And a lot of them are mistakes. A lot of them were abandoned. You know, there's, there's the, the bent pyramid or whatever. It goes up and then it curves in and further because they fucked up the design. So it's like hundreds of years of experience got them to the point where they could build the, the Giza pyramids. Well, there was, yeah, there, there's over a thousand years between the old dynasties, some of the first oldest pyramids, yeah. over a thousand years between that and when the Great Pyramids yeah. were constructed. I mean, they were doing this for a thousand years. For a long time. Yeah. And they fucking mastered it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, and, like, like, and like, hey, stupid. You don't need gods were, to tell you that. They weren't dumber than us. They were. Yeah. The, the, they were us. Yeah. They were us. Six, and they didn't need mammoths. To fucking build it. Also yeah. very frustrated. I watched right. that 10,000 BC. I was like, are there fucking mammoths building the pyramids? Yeah, no, so humans 6,000 years did, ago. No, no, mammoths did exist, actually. The mammoths died out only like a few thousand years ago. Right. Uh, uh, actually, I think there was like a, a, a group of them on like an island, like pygmy mammoths, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they wouldn't, they, they probably wouldn't have been as far south as, you know, Egypt at that time. Should, should, um, we, should we bring them back? Do you think? Uh, you want to bring back? I mean, aren't they, aren't, bring back. aren't they? They're they're doing it right now. They 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 have some. They had like sixty percent. They recovered yeah. some mammoth DNA. Bring and, some fucking mammoths. And they 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 put forty percent with CRISPR of the some yeah. elephants DNA yeah. uh-huh. in with it, and they're like getting these things. I don't know. Man. How quick? How long before we start eating them? I would do it. I would. I would eat a mammoth, mammoth burger. Immediately, Heartbeat. right now. Yeah, yeah. Fuck I mean, yeah. give me Flintstones. I want the full chop off <laughs> a slice, a rib, one bone, the a mammoth rib, <laughs> fucking mammoth rib. Just chew on meat, meat off a of mammoth. I want rib. it. I want it. I want it smoked with applewood for like three days. So you know how salt we- it, smoke it for like three days. So, so our species are persistent hunters, like yeah. persistence hunters. So yeah, basically, yeah, like we run it, down a deer and keep him moving until he fucking has a heart attack and just like. He faints from exhaustion, and we operate in groups of that. Mammoths are things that we thought we we had a very different idea of how we killed them, and really, the Clovis people ran them off cliffs. Yeah, yeah, like these caused a stampede and caused mammoths to literally jump off of fucking cliffs, and then just carve them. They'd corral up. them, and yeah. the, the back ones would push the front ones. Yeah, and just think about like how fucking just I mean, like after doing like that's a lot of work and stuff, and it's like just how awesome it probably would have been just to sit there and eat a fucking mammoth after like that big ass hunt dude i think i i love thinking about like firsts like like the first you know think of like the first human like modern human um fire's already been invented and just like figuring out a new cooking technique like maybe they just shoved them in there first and like 
what if you put it on a stick and rotate it slowly over it? Yeah. Like the first person to rotisserie yeah. something I've, 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 blows the mind. The amount of times I've gotten high and tried to consider, like, could you imagine the first time they cooked meat over a fire? Like, holy shit, dude. Like, you're just, like, chewing at some, like, nasty, like, meat, like, dude. raw meat. And then, like... Yeah. Well, so we started were, cooking shit. And we're like, well, dude. Well, I mean, we, we were probably too stupid to even realize it because cooking meat is what unlocked so much more nutrients. You know? Yeah, yeah, it, it allowed. I mean, huge brain growth. But then, but then, even then, okay. So we would cook meat, but like the first person to salt it. Oh yeah. Can you imagine, like, the mm-hmm. first person to like seize just just grab something and just like, yeah. Oh my god, this now tastes good. This root we chew on, if it's put on the fucking meat, <laughs> it tastes it's so like, much better. You know. And then obviously we're digging in the ground, right? Where we're Ooh. gatherers. So we're finding potatoes. We're finding all of these things and, and, and other like like gourds and starches. And then the first people to like make us a, a potato stew, take some of this meat we <laughs> cooked. This goes in a pot, like a wad, something with water in it, you know, yeah. maybe a, a stone that's been ground down that we just heat. Yeah. A stew? The first fucking stew? First loaf of bread. You think about like bread is like extremely tiresome and, and hard thing yeah. to, to make. So you made like gruel. Well, it, it would have been it would have been unleavened meat. bread first. Yeah, it yeah, would have been uh-huh. you know. Um, but yeah, yeah. To, to think that you just powderize the first people that figured out a windmill. <laughs> you know, what I mean? to grind your bread or a water mill. You know, what I mean? yeah. like to grind your bread. You're like, holy shit, dude. We don't even have to. We don't even have to grind that shit. We just throw it on this thing, and it just turns and grinds our bread for us or grinds our wheat for well, us. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it would have. You know, it's just I'm definitely the mortar and pestle is almost as old as hunter gatherer groups is. Oh yeah, taking a a a rock with a divot in it and putting stuff in there and smashing it and grinding it with another rock. I mean, just mortar and pestle that's been around for. 30 40 50 i mean Hat, one yeah, of our I mean, oldest inventions i sure. mean it's it's before the wheel it's before i mean it's it's so old grinding stuff up we we know that our teeth break stuff so if you get two other hard things and break them together yeah. that fucking you well know. it probably started with cracking bones open to get the marrow sure cracking yeah. shells to get yeah. the, to get to get you know so they, like imagine the first time you boil a lobster like humans boil lobster Oh, we were eating this just raw, weird shit first, and yeah. then like, boy, exactly, exactly. Who the first motherfucker to take this crustacean, take up, have something that enough water could be in, and then uh-huh. rolling boil, and take crustacean and just dunk it in there until it's red. We figured out it tastes better if he's fucking live too. We just don't even give a shit. <laughs> yeah, like this tastes so much better if he's still breathing. Our ethical wait yeah. Ki- no yeah right in there this is big that squeal well we wouldn't have thought to kill it first we would have just put it in there right do you I think mean, so i think we probably would have we probably killed them all first originally and then we were like you oh, think we just bashed them until they didn't move anymore well, oh yeah because yeah. they were probably like fucking pinching everybody and shit, yeah you yeah know what i mean like fucking ripped their paws that's off. even better the first person to swim in underwater like they're out there swimming around looking down and they see something with claws on it and going around and go yeah. i'm getting that and i'm gonna eat it yeah i doesn't... mean that's the thought first i mean you have to have like that thought yeah well you start with like crabs on the sea on the on, on, oh, the, on the, up on the beach on the beach yeah, yeah. You know, you're starving you fucking see some birds tr- 
Oh, and so this is a, this is another this is a, but a different step. You have to pot and you have to like catch it like yeah. that whole. Well, I mean, method the, I mean I, the, those those were probably like we swam down, grabbed a motherfucker. You realize that yeah. the, so the fucking main lobster, the average size of it is six inches now, right? Up oh, yeah. to like two hundred years ago, the average size was two fucking feet. Could you imagine picking up that armored monster? <laughs> yeah, you grab it just by the tail, yeah. swim, keep it away from you. Oh, dude! Yeah, it's like it's like clicking, trying to fucking grab you and shit. Fuck that! Yeah, you definitely, so- you definitely crushed him. Yeah, like yeah. everything we ate was just like starving. I need something. Like fuck yeah. it, I guess I'll eat this armored fucking yeah. sea dragon thing. Okay, so okay, that's that's <laughs> a great question. That's a great question then. Anthropologically speaking, when do you think the preference for taste for pleasure actually it became introduced into like I think that's my real limit. Uh, that, that, that's my mark for culture, I would say. Like when, when we started salt and shit and spicing things. For only pleasure. Yeah. J- just, yeah just for it tastes better. Yeah. Right. That that like honestly, like we could there, I think we could make an argument to be like, you know, that's when we will we'll, we'll Say culture really started, right? Not sure. S- is Samaria the first time they used spices? Might might actually be, you know, the first I time that there had to have been before. I, I mean, it, well, it so the, the thing is, like, too, is like I think that like it's based off of like when they started being able to not be hunter gatherers and started developing specialization, you know, yeah, and sure, that that's sure, roughly sure. the time we started spicing things with local spices and shit, and then we started getting spices from like fucking Traders, far away, yeah, and stuff. importers, yeah, and then we're like, mm, let's see if we can make this good, you know, most of our it's rotted too that's right. the point too is like another thing you don't understand like in the romans like their delicacies the foods they thought that would taste good were like on the verge of rotting <laughs> yeah you know yeah. yeah and so like now for us it's like the freshest shit like we want that lobster that's brand new that new new and right. like they just want they that want shit. it like, they want it funky yeah they want that little funk because that was taste right that what that probably was our first like you know the, like the uh i say our uh, iceland has a uh fish delicate or shark delicate the, where the, they bury it like yamasturgit sh- 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 don't even okay. bother trying to fucking pronounce that word yeah yeah <laughs> i refuse to learn that like, I, i've seen far too many uh videos on youtube about people trying to eat that shit yeah it looks fucking awful but if you're you know if you're uh i say you know if you're a fucking iron age viking and you're just living on iceland and it kind of sucks yeah. like fuck it dude i guess just ferment some shit and try to eat then like right you know yeah, I, caught, I, mean, I caught four sharks i'm only gonna eat three of them right now great you know? point so for to 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 make it they were probably like man this fresh meat just t- doesn't taste like there's no taste there's no taste yeah. to it and so then they would age it to give it some taste. That's spice, yeah. And so that's when the first care about for pleasure uh-huh. it came in first was aging meat before seasoning it. Yeah. You know, like I think that the reason why the Mediterranean is kind of considered the, you know, like obviously like the fertile crescents, the yeah, yeah. birthplace of civilization. But when civilization really got going was all the cultures, the Carthage and Greece and Rome later and all, all these cultures bouncing each other, bouncing off of each other in the Mediterranean because there's a big, there's a, a very stable sea yep. that you can actually get to and from several places and trade and stuff like that that's when you started getting spices from one way or another and salt and all that jazz all like that's like when we really started to get going you know Absolutely. like once once there was like a dedicated maritime existence yeah. in our uh, in, like in society not well, like guys just hopping in canoe to see if like the people from the fucking other area wants to trade right but, but okay but at the same time you had all of the polynesian 
and and Indonesian islands on the other side of the Indian Ocean uh-huh. from there. And all those islands were together. And we know that there were people on Australia for 50,000 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I would imagine that there is there, – the same thing that was happening in the Mediterranean was probably happening between groups of these islands. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Seafar- just, just bouncing bet- ships between islands, you know, yeah. the, the, the – uh, pontoon I, I think canoes. They and... never developed culture in in those th- those areas, especially like the Polynesian areas. You know, because they were so separated, and there wasn't nearly as much war and much conflict as Mediterranean. They didn't develop. They didn't. They didn't have to develop at the speed that the Westerns. Correct. Are. Yeah, they did. They they moved at a much slower speed. They yeah. they, they weren't relying on like. I I don't think any of them thought like. I need to build a fortress out of stone to protect, like, to, to, to not only protect, but then, like, solidify this could be here for a long time. Yeah, for like, sure. Like, they weren't, they weren't thinking about it, obviously, in that way, so they didn't Well, it's have- also access to materials. If you're an island, one, if you most islands don't have the, the foundation bedrock to build large stonework, yeah. especially back then. And you know? quarry from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ex- and then yeah. where are you going to get your stone? You exactly, know what I mean? exactly. So like that and like metallurgy. If you're talking about stone, you're talking about metals, yep. right? And yep. they just didn't have access to that stuff. But also they didn't have the inherent need to develop because they were competing with other civilizations. Exactly, exactly. But, but, but then like you know, if you're fucking a Greek island or a Greek city-state and then like fucking all the other city-states want to start shit. We're like, all right, man, we need to get fucking organized. Yeah. You know? And it was like the, the people who were late to the game, the people, all the societies like the Gauls and the Britons later i mean pushing it back out to all of history like the yep. people that were late in the game were the ones that got fucked up yep. you know we didn't develop or they didn't, you know people didn't develop uh metallurgy in north america and because they didn't develop metallurgy in north america they got their fucking asses handed to them when white in, people in, showed it up with fucking all of the americas steel, i mean you know? all of north and i mean all of the americas yeah all of it yeah you know had no metallurgy yeah, didn't need it though. And we had all- we had with great stonework. They were do you know we were oh fantastic. You know we yeah. we were we were doing things with metals. Mm. We had gold. And we were manipulating yeah. gold, yeah. and and we were we were doing things with soft metals. Yeah, we mined gold. We you know mm. we did that stuff already yeah. in South America specifically mm. and, and Central America. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the, the, a lot of, and a lot of that civilization was able to develop because of cenotes and, and large freshwater like yeah. pools and stuff. That might not have been able to culturally get a buy, but but, because- but I'm saying even though we they had spears, they had bows and arrows with stonework and stone, you know, they were yeah. doing all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But even with the none of them were like, ah, maybe we make fucking swords. Yeah. And on the other side, they're like, oh shit, we can make swords. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's it's really the the, the jump from to bronze. You yeah. know, what I mean, like, yeah. I, I bet, I bet, I'm sure that like there's there's plenty of soft metals, and bronze is a soft metal. Yep. You know, but it's just like I think the mixture and the making it into you know a fucking iron, which was really like the, like once we got like iron working going, oh, yeah. then then it was like, oh, this is how we fight now. You know, and yep. that was developed as a need. You know, what, there's a reason why all of the scientific advancements that have happened throughout history is is, is, is a is a, a byproduct of warfare. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, like the internet is a byproduct of warfare. You know, it's DARPA being funded for the internet, cell phones and technology and communications and stuff because it's like everybody understands that you don't want to be the last person to the party with guns. Well, survival in itself breeds innovation. And so, and so, you know, you could look at our character, our our most defining characteristic as a species is of our ability to adapt for towards adaptation. Well, not only adapting to, but adapting our environment to our needs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's yeah. a lot, all other species, um, to a lot, to the most, to the majority of the degree, ad- ad- have to adapt to the environment around mm-hmm. them, changing around them. And some of them will do some, you know, obviously, like you can look at beavers and things like that. Birds, do, yeah, build nests. Do, yeah. You know, they, yeah. they take the environment and adapt it to them. Sloths dug holes. Yeah. 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 But, not to the degree that we will modify our environment to fit our needs. Yeah, I think it's the mixture of the two. We, yeah. we adapt very well to other like situations and stuff, yeah. and then also we can make those other areas adapt to us. To you a know. point, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wonder how I, I would love to get in a time machine and just smoke a joint, and watch like, you know. Okay, that's history. where that's what 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 would be the time, like if you just had the time to go back to in in. Any point in human history, it doesn't even have to be to observe humans. Just yeah. like, like, what? Wh- where's your time machine taking you? What? What oh, day do you press it? That is so fucking hard to answer. Honestly, like that. The, I would like to just sit you have back. you have yeah. you have a bunch. You don't have to only pick one, and you only yeah. get one. Yeah. It's just where's your first stop? My, my first stop. Stop. I, I have to say, my first stop has to be like, how how did we get out of Africa? You know what I mean? Like, I want to know that more than anything. I want to see like, okay, so. Was it like one big explosion migration out di- the human diaspora? Like I want to see that the first time fucking humans went across over the fucking hill and saw the Mediterranean. Like that's all what I want to see. Yeah, you know, like I want to see the first time. I mean, like I, there's so many, so many things, so many different times. Right. Well, you know? well, I would, yeah, I would love to see. To watch. Well, we know it happened more than once. Yeah, Be- exactly. You know, we know it happened. There were waves of it. I, but, but yeah, where. How did primates get to India? Yeah. That first push that because orangutan orangutans split a long back way back in the chain from uh-huh. the rest of primate lineage and yeah. they kept evolving that way. There's so, like a, a hominid diaspora as well. Yeah, and so when did that yeah. chain break off? Because that was yeah. a migration that we see a remnant of uh, we see a remnant of the primate lineage now represented as the orangutan of yeah. the, of of yeah. that mm-hmm. chain, but the hominid or or the 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 other primate that went there, whoever however long ago, yeah, doesn't mean that it also didn't branch and carry on an evolutionary chain, yeah. and introduce hominids on a dip, yeah. you know. Well, it was like the drying out of, of the Sahara, right? Because it used to be jungle, and then it dried out. Yeah. And then they think that's where like bipedalism came up. You know, where we start stop being trees and started being tall grass, and we started having to stand up. And then we realized, you know, standing up is where it's at. You know, and then like to the point where our bodies now are developably different than yeah, our other shoulders. Primates. Our shoulders aren't rotated up backwards. We have yeah. short forward sh- rotated shoulders, backwards rotated yeah. hips. Well, the narrow the narrowing of the pelvis is a big one that well, like a lot of people don't understand. It's like so our our pelvis our pelvis is narrow now. So birthing we have to give birth like our ladies have to give birth 
to, to kids um, at a much underdeveloped state. Whereas like all these other species that have kind of developed it, like even chimpanzees, they, they, you know, they have a baby and it's largely ready to go. Like yeah. a deer, like will walk in like the first hours of yep. it's being born, you yep. know? But us, we're like, we're basically fucking useless for like five years, <laughs> you know? Like yeah. there's no fucking point to our existence for at least three or four years. No. It's only genetic, like fucking the drive of man- mammals to care about each other was, uh, I think that actually has a lot to do with it too. Because like, you know, you talk about like a primate brain. Then a mammal oh, yeah. brain, then a, a reptilian brain. Well, it's like our primate. We're we're programmed to have emotional investments in the other. That's why you find primates well, that have like healed major fractures that were healed. Like we didn't just leave our buddies. You know, no, what I it's mean? mirror neurons. Yeah, at at the brain level, we have in our brains we have neurons and mirror neurons, and mirror yeah. neurons are the thing that when you see someone. When you watch your, a video of a dude getting kicked in the nuts and you go, oh, and like yeah. you feel it. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, well, but it's, it's happening at the, the, the neuron level uh-huh. by what are called mirror neurons. Mm-hmm. And it is a reaction. It mirror neurons are in all primates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in all mammals, pretty, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's part but, of the mammalian brain. But, but yeah. And, and so every mammal, has an instinct to look at the other mammal get kicked in the nuts and and, <laughs> and, and just react yeah. to that thing. It's we, funny just even talking about it right now is like I know the exact sensation and feeling. Yeah, know? yeah, and and that's and that's not that's not like forward cognition. That is like you said programmed, but it's just it is a byproduct of how our brains evolved to work. Yeah. Is that mirror neurons are a evolutionary defense mechanism? Yeah, and it was like we realized as a species, as you know, that we're stronger working together. Yeah, you know, like that's just the thing too is like you know, our ability to rely on each other and stuff like that makes us extremely unique. Well, you know, when you talk about like other animals that are like you know they 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 get born, they're raised, or are like well, left to their own devices, but depending on what their sure, species sure, is, but like, but their you, entire life, you then see amazing thing like prairie dogs. Um, a pr- if if a hawk is circling and prairie a, a, a clan of prairie dogs notices, one prairie dog will get up out of its hole and shriek and draw attention to itself to mm-hmm. give time for the entire rest of them to get underground. Yeah, yeah. They, they and, and that I mean warning systems. Yeah, I mean I mean they, yeah, they're doing like, that just out of. I was, I was climbing uh, Unicorn Peak in uh, the Tatoosha Mountain Range, just south of uh, uh, Mount Rainier. And uh, there's like we heard a whistle and like we stopped and like looking around and putting down all our rock climbing gear because we're like, fuck, who is that? Like somebody's like hurt. And uh, it took us like, you know, a good 10 minutes to realize that that whistle was just a marmot <laughs> warning other marmots that the way we were yeah. around. They were like, fuck yeah. it, walk out, man. There's people here, dude. <laughs> like, oh, shit. OK. But it sounds just like uh, like straight up. Like if you haven't heard it, marmot whistle. Basically, it sounds exactly like a, a rape whistle echoing yeah. when it's echoing <laughs> through mountains. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like what's going on, man? But like it's that or- warning, that caring for other people. Like, yeah. That's a, that's the main mammalian trait, yeah, right? Yeah, yep, it you absolutely know, like, is. You know, the whales, like for instance, example, we all moved on to land. Whales were like, "Fuck the land, we're going back to the ocean." So they Be became the whales, yeah. but they still work together. They still yep. love each other. They still carry them. I mean, like, how many stories have you heard about orcas carrying around their dead uh, oh, young? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because oh, they're like yeah. heartbroken. That, yeah. that was a big story in the Puget Sound not too long ago. That like, she carried around her dead baby for like a while. A while. Super sad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, like, even then, like I. 
why the fuck do I care about the orca? But I like at two in the clock in the morning and I'm a little stoned, I'll start tearing up. <laughs> like, I'm a fucking orca friend. Me too, man. <laughs> I, I, I find myself, especially at old age, man, crying at the stupidest shit. Or the, my, it's, it's actually not stupid, but you get emo, I get, I find myself getting emotional and, and my first reaction is like, this is, this, like, you're dumb. Why are you, why, why are you getting emotional at a fucking commercial or, yeah. Some stupid shit. And then it's like, oh, right. Like, we care for each other. And if you're this open to that, yeah. you will feel it all the fucking time. Oh, 100%. And it was like, especially for, like, I think it's easier for people to now care about dogs than they do people for a lot of reasons. Because, like, as 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 yeah. our societies and our cultures and, like, our, our circles got so big that it's easy to dissociate from other human beings. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, I, I feel like... It, Dogs are a good example because that's like outside of our species at all. Like it's not like we're not related. We're related to dogs, but we're not like you know, we're not like as close as we are to chimpanzees. Yet we give more of a fuck about a dog than we do the chimpanzees getting tested. Yeah, you know? dude. But like dogs have, they are one hundred percent developed because of us. Essentially, you know what I mean. Like we, we like as far as I'm concerned, like I can't, I, I can't understand how anyone. I could never eat a dog. You know what I mean. Even unless it's like emergency scenario, fuck it, I guess. Fido's got to go. But like, we're yeah. so connected to them as a species. Like, they're one of the only species that'll look us in the eyes. And like, yeah. we're, we're so connected, interconnected with dogs that they're basically people. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And no. like, you know, I understand people like cats and not shitting on cats. I mean, cats kind of suck, but I'm not shitting cats on Cats kind of suck. Yeah. But like a dog, like you go out yeah. to your oh. living room right now and that dog like stares at your eyes and stuff like that. It's because yeah. they, they've been bred to give a fuck about us. So, I mean, yeah. like, literally uh, what did uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson said? It was think of it as survival of the cuddliest because there's those wolves that were like bold enough to like go hang out with us that like had that gene, that precursor gene that like we ended up rewarding. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like I can't think of like, you know, again, where did civilization start? Did it start with the. The dog developing the dog, like I, domestication I of the dog. To, I maybe. bet it did. Well, because I, I, I would like to know, like, so we, we talk about like early, early, like hundreds of thousands years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. I would say that the first time humans were able to get a good night's sleep was about fifteen to twenty five thousand years ago when we had dogs protecting us while yeah, we slept. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. You know. Oh yeah, and ooh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I would think about that. I mean. Like, like, what's the, I wouldn't even call it a good night's sleep, just a better night's sleep. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, yeah. Like, like broad, broadly speaking. Yeah. I mean, not as, sleeping with as, one eye open. As, as soon as you could go to bed and had a fire going and dogs in camp, wolves yeah. in camp, yeah. they're not leaving. Not leaving that will warn you if like yeah. people approach and stuff. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, like, I'm sure don't be wrong. Like oh. everyone slept and there was like one dude's up at night making sure everything was okay. Okay. But- here's, here's a good question. So we know that the first domesticated anything were wolves uh, on a large scale uh-huh. as, as like a species wide kind of domestication thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but humans had to have got single animals and got them to be their pets before oh, yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that they, like definitely, like again, like civilizations, right? Or the life in the primordial is. I'm sure like things started, but then like fell out or whatever, or didn't happen. You I'm know just I mean? thinking like there had to have been... Like one had... dude who befriended a bear, or like one dude who got like the first wolf or something or, like, like that. Or like the first crow to yeah. like, uh-huh. like carry around a bird, yeah. right? Like, the first falconing. That, yeah. That that's another like mm, 
Like, can we can we take that time machine and see the first dude who figured out how to falcon? <laughs> like, oh yeah, how I, many- I taught this bird to kill things for me. <laughs> and come back and come, and yeah. come back. And then, like, so that's, that's even the best thing. So falconry is fucking fascinating, it right? Is. It is. Because you basically get a falcon to murder something, bring it back to you, and give it to you, and you then reward it with a little piece of that. Yeah. Like, so it's like, I'm killing this fucking animal, but I'm not even going to eat it. I'm going to give it to this dude. He's only giving me a small part of it back. Right. Kind of bullshit. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, well, like, well, so I wonder. I wonder because dogs are retrievers. So I wonder if, if because of timeline, I wonder if we're like, (laughs) if we're like, hey, we domesticated these dogs and some of them will like bring shit back to us. Mm -hmm. You know, I I imagine fetch or something probably was figured out quick, right? Like, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, so, all right. If I shoot this fucking bird down and it falls down over there, would my dog go get that and bring it back? And then someone's like, huh, dogs will do that. I wonder if I can make a bird do it. Right. Or if there was some crazy motherfucker who was a falconer who made his bird be a retriever first. And he goes, Mm -hmm. you guys have dogs. I have this bird. Watch what my bird will do. And the bird went and got his fucking prey and came back. And all these people like, shit, I guess we need to teach our dogs to fetch now. Like, I don't know. I I think that you got to think that like. I don't know. Would I think fetching and dogs probably came first, right? Yeah, well, all matter of dog like involvement things came first. If the dog would come close, you'd have a, a piece of meat or something mm-hmm. and you'd throw it and the dog would go to to get it. Yeah. And then uh, sometime he probably threw something, it would go and then come back to you without the thing. Yeah. And then it would go come back to you. I imagine we used dogs for hunting first. And that was like the first time. Like, oh, if we get dogs, they'll they'll sniff out that there's deer or they'll sniff out that there's like a, yeah. you know, like dogs will use, you use dogs to hunt oh, mountain lions. Oh, yeah. so you scare them up a tree and then you walk underneath the tree and you shoot the mountain lion or whatever, right? Yeah. So I imagine like our first, like, like the oh, first yeah. time we started dog, or like actually trying to train dogs was to help us hunt or to guard us. Well, and being the fact that we're a, uh, a species that runs for a long time. I mean, we can outrun horses. We can outrun all, I mean, mm-hmm. any animal on the planet, really yeah. dogs can run for a long fucking time. Oh, for sure. And so they probably were, the, were also complimentary to our hunting style because we could run for a couple days and they could run for they a couple days yeah. with us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I, I definitely, I definitely said that, you know, like I'm sure like, you know, animals all react to dogs, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's probably like when we're hunting large ungulates and stuff like that. It has a lot to do with like fucking like using our dogs to like hunt for us or just. Oh like yeah, to, the reason yeah. that the reason that elk and moose and things like that today respond the way they do to dogs is definitely because we hunted their ancestors with dogs. Oh, probably right. Yeah, it's the yeah. same same reason why a baby will react like to a snake or a spider or some shit like. Yeah, uh, you know, somewhere along kinda, their line, they saw some, somebody that they well, were related to saw somebody get fucked. Up I, th- I think I think enough hu- enough humans in our ancestor got bit by fucking poisonous snakes and spiders and shit that it is just like a an, an evolutionary ingrained response to poisony small things. Again, this is all it goes back to like what we were talking about, like. That's why I feel very much lucky that, <laughs> like, like, that's how I got into tattooing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like uh, all of that shit, like everything we talked about, somehow, like the, the people I'm from, like, yeah. 
all the throughout like my ancestors in the middle ages didn't get bubonic plague and i'm here because of that you know what i mean like how many branches of humanity yeah. died out oh yeah you know yeah 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 it's pretty i i love i love that and on the on the thing about you said like dogs are are like pretty much human like like on the, in the way that we kind of represent them i i have this constant thing just thinking evolutionarily on the whole tree of life that like yeah dogs are are our evolutionary cousins yeah and so i, I love waking up in the morning g- greeting my cousin yeah. getting outside seeing a bird flying overhead waving at my cousin <laughs> getting in my car driving along maybe i plan a trip and i go to the zoo and check out a bunch of my cousins in cages and then, <laughs> it's got really dark like, and, then, like, uh. and then uh like we're just we're we're they're all our cousins yeah like on the big grand scheme of things and i love thinking about it being like what's up cuz and looking at my dog and it's been like yeah man yeah. I, I definitely feel more connections to one of the things like, uh, you know, like well, you have a couple of snakes here. Like that, the snakes are cool. They don't give a fuck about you. Then they'll never will. And you, you really like, you know, you can avoid you form attachment to a snake. Oh, yeah. But that snake is not eating you because but, you're but, slightly too big. <laughs> but they recognize these snakes. Like I, I can tell they they recognize me. OK. Versus yeah, sure. other people. Oh, definitely. Well, you are, I mean, as far as they're concerned, you're basically the life-giving god that, like, shows oh, yeah. up and cleans their shit and fucking, like, gives them rats. Them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're, no, but, but, like, like they'll come, like, they'll come out the sound, later at night, usually, because right now there is their nighttime. Yeah. Um, but uh, I will, um, yeah, I'll come in here later at night, and the sound of my voice, they'll come out and, like, come up to the cage and be like, ooh, what's up? Like, yeah. Hey. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, again, like, again, I, I just, I'm saying, like, they'll definitely, like, uh, understand who you are. Yeah. But that's very much regulated on whether or not they can eat you. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. If you no, are they, just they, this small. They give, they give no fucks. Yeah. Like, they give uh, no fucks. No, what is it? Like, a buddy of mine said that, like, uh, I was saying a story about somebody, like, who traded, finally traded in their fucking python that was, like, 12 feet long or something like that because he woke up and his python had stretched. So, snakes never go straight. Like yep. you'll never see a snake straighten out unless it's trying to size up whether or not they can eat something. Basically, dude was passed out on his couch and he like woke up and the snake was basically eyeing him like mm, maybe not yet, but soon, <laughs> you know. But it's like it's fine, but like a dog would not do that. You know what I mean? A dog, no. like for instance, a dog will eat a person when they're starving, like they're locked in the house with a dead person after like a few weeks and they're basically about to die. Whereas like a cat will eat your fucking lips, they eat your lips and nose off like within a couple of days of you being dead. Yeah. Like Fluffy doesn't care about you. Nope. 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 Because they're, they're monsters. They're just small monsters. Oh yeah. Apex predators. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's another thing. You're fucking responsible for like two billion birds yet deaths a year. <laughs> yeah, cats, domesticated cats well, in particular. Domesticated cats, but also they're obligate carnivores, mm-hmm. and so their their act. Every single cat's actual diet should be meat. Yeah, they should they they should be eating meat uh-huh. all the time. It it shouldn't be dry cat food. If you're gonna be a, like for me, like that's a like. She, Beth wants to get a cat, and I'm like, one only live mice. <laughs> well, one, it's like, I understand like there's a cost thing to it, but we're we're talking, we're not just talking about getting a, a fluffy like like 
Uh-huh. This thing's a carnivore. It's an obligate carnivore. Yeah. It, I wonder. So, like, it, it does seem weird. Like, because you have snakes right here and you feed yeah. them live mice. Uh, I, I don't feed them live mice. No, you don't? No, no. Okay. So, feed, heat them up. Yeah. So, I get frozen. I get fr- the, the, frozen uh, mice and heat them up. Frozen rats. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Have you always done that? Or yep, have you? Yep. Ever, okay. I, so, I got them at like t- when they were like two years old. A lot of people just feed live mice. Yep. They sure yeah. do. So, What's weird to me is like, yeah, they feed live mice. Have you ever noticed like people feed live mice to snakes for sure? No one, no one tries to feed a live mice to fucking cats. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's always cat perina, <laughs> you know, yeah. or they just let them out. Like that's funny that I never <laughs> have to feed my mouse or my, my cat. Yeah. It's because murdering all the birds in your neighborhood. Right. But like, you know, nobody like, it would be fucking weird to have a pet cat and you're just like, here's a mouse, <laughs> you know, like I actually, don't do that. I actually wouldn't feel at all weird about it. I, I personally wouldn't feel weird about it at all. I mean, if anything, it's probably a better death for most of the mice than being. I I'd ra- I think I'd rather be killed by a cat than I would be by a fucking snake. You know, it sounds like a, a brutal. Ooh, I don't, so yeah, maybe interesting. So cats kill dogs and uh, like the wolves and like uh, wolves to a degree, but uh, uh, but like bears, bears don't kill. They just eat their. They're they're not. Yep. They're not. Strictly yeah. speaking, carnivores they don't they don't know to kill something before they well, eat it. Brown bears, so, brown bears will. So brown bears, like in particular, like all bears in general, they'll they'll start eating people beforehand. Like a uh, uh, grizzly man, the documentary or whatever, oh, yeah. the dude gets eaten alive for fourteen minutes straight before he finally dies. Basically, yeah. Uh, and basically, what happens? The brown bear will turn you over and start eating your ass first and stuff like that. But a cat will always kill its prey beforehand and gets on your back, grabs your neck breaks your neck and then then it'll eat you uh dogs will like you know mostly when dogs hunt like moose and stuff like that there's gonna be a large amount of bite marks around the legs and stuff like that and then they'll go for the throw after the things on the ground to to, to a degree but like a cat would break your neck yeah i'd rather probably have a cat jump on my back break my neck and kill and eat me rather than a fucking you know snake coil around me and slowly squeeze me until i pass out and then swallow me potentially like you know after crushing all my bones like the titan boa have yeah. you ever read about that it's like oh, yeah. a 60 million year old snake oh, yeah. that was 45 to 60 feet long yep fuck that shit yeah, i don't know <laughs> i would be murdered i'd rather, much rather be murdered by a lion any day of the week so so it's 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 kind of one of those things like yeah i don't know i i if if any snake was gonna get me i would i would want it to be a poisonous snake yeah, but that's different because a poisonous snake would bite a human being in defensive thing, but wouldn't necessarily bite a human being to eat it. No, correct, correct. But right. but it, it's it usually they're paralytic agents, and so it helps it then eat it. True, um, like yeah. it liquefies their inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I yeah, I don't know. Like like, like you were the, if, a, we, if this is if we were the size of mice and we yeah. had to watch out for domesticated cats. Yeah, yeah. Like, but nobody keeps nobody keeps fucking. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I guess <laughs> I guess if I'm if I'm a if I'm like a you know I'm thinking like a mouse or a, or a squirrel or something like that, and you have a house cat coming at you, um, or even like an us and a hundred and forty pound puma. Yeah, that puma's like, gonna fuck us up. You know. It's going to jump on our back and do the exact same thing to you. Try and get at yeah. our neck mm-hmm. and break our necks. Yeah. So well, but most cats, because they are, are such aggressive hunters and stuff like that, they, they care more about their wolf being 
Like a, yeah. a bear's going to eat you because it's starving and it's like winter yeah. time. You know what I mean? Or it's defending cubs. Or, yeah, but it's not going to eat you defending cubs. It'll fucking maul you and kill you and walk away. Yeah. But it won't eat you unless it's like hungry. Correct. Right? Correct. And so like, you know, that's when like, that's why they say like, you know, you're not supposed to go hiking in, in Alaska in fucking November. <laughs> like, like that's a bad, that's a bad vibe. Yep. You know, yep. Um, but like, you know, uh, a snake, uh, like a, a cat will only ever hunt you from behind because it doesn't like it wants to kill its prey and eat it without incurring any risk or, or injury yep. right yep. so like you know tigers tigers are the motherfuckers they're, they're the hardest people like in, in a lot of the tribes in india like wear masks on the back of their heads because if the tiger sees a human face it's like it's fu- it's, it's facing me it's probably not going to be like you know i don't want to risk injury trying mm-hmm. to take this thing down so i'm gonna cool off on it and like just doing that is enough for a lot of people to coexist in the relative same areas as like fucking you know bengal tigers which is nuts <laughs> this because the way my brain works, you just, I just, an equivalency sparked in my head with a fact I learned recently. Um, dragonflies are one, one of the oldest insects that existed for dragonflies used to be like three feet long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think during the, the, it's, it's post Cambrian period, is it? but yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, but, but dragonflies have basically existed for hundreds of millions of years. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's As, 200 million. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah. It's a, a long time. And they are the most efficient hunter of all insects. They actually have over a 99 or 96% accuracy rate. So of 96% of bugs they go after, they get. That's fucking nuts. They, they are the most efficient of all insect hunters. And in fact, their dragonflies are so feared by other bugs, mm-hmm. wasps, everything included, that if there's a dragonfly around, no other bugs will be around that dragonfly. Interesting. To the point where you can buy metal replica dragonflies that their wings look like it. Mm-hmm. And apparently, I haven't, I'm going to test this because I really want to see, because we have wasps that yeah, hang out around here. off the wasps. Yeah. You can supposedly you put them out on a back porch or on your back. And, bugs won't come near you because they see a dragonfly there so I, i'm gonna test it because one huh. science I'm, yeah and science <laughs> and because i don't know if it's just a vision thing or if there's a pheromone thing that also has to accompany the dragonfly for mm. other bugs or electrostatic because they all work on the like uh-huh. the free electro frequencies in the yeah. air and shit like that yeah. so i don't know if there's something that has or if it's literally just oh fuck there's a dragonfly we're not going near that fucking guy yeah I mean, I, I don't know about you, but the insect world is terrifying. <laughs> you know, dragonflies, yeah. Like, dragon, I mean, honestly, like anything. Like, you, you think of, like, honey, I shrunk the kids or whatever. Yeah. Like, the existence just in your backyard, I'd, I'd probably just, yeah. like, sit down. I know. And, like, I'm dying. Ants, Cause, oh, termites, some fucking, all that shit. Or weaver spiders and shit. Oh. Yeah. Like, oh, the micro level is so crazy. Uh-huh. It's like a, uh, not, it's not for a Duhast, it's for like a Romshine song. I think it's like Links 2, 3, 4 or whatever is the name of it. But they, they basically, it's just like a, a bu- the, the music video for it is just a bunch of ants like killing shit. And it's terrifying. The biomass, like equivalent, oh. if you took all of the ants in the world, they outweighed all of the human beings yep. in the world. It's so yep. nuts. Dude, yeah, I know. I know. To think about, and, and that's why I'm like, man, we're, we're one macro species yeah but fuck like 
the 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 small life kingdom yeah we're, on this planet is just god i, I want to say it was uh i think neil degrasse tyson actually said uh we are anaerobic uh carriers or whatever yeah because so in one Mo- like one square inch of your like intestines or whatever i think the quote is like in one square inch of your intestines like basically exists more like bio like bio life. diversity bio, uh, not not biodiversity but the, the more living organisms in that than people that have ever existed yeah so if you take a small little cut out sliver of your intestines that just is basically just riding you out to eat your fecal matter and you want them to be eating your fecal matter right because yep. if not you've got diarrhea oh right now you and i are sitting here talking and we're having little <laughs> colonies of skin things on crawling us. all over Cra- our face like, and shit dude we don't yeah we don't even fucking know it man they're at war with other ones and like yeah and if you get sick and you take antibiotics you then have to like eat more microbiome yeah. Uh, yeah microbiome uh bioorganic like yeah creatures to like fucking then get your gut health back a lot I, better <laughs> i love kimchi for that reason dude yeah I, I eat the fuck out of some kimchi interesting yeah love it but it's like oh you know it's one of those things where it's like that's not an inherently like appealing food you much like our sharks in iceland it's like not something oh. you necessarily like i mean like now you mentioned kimchi it's like you our fucking mouths water because oh, like you know. know how good it could be but oh, yeah. it's like fermented cabbage you're like doesn't sound no, great does no. it it sounds like somebody was gonna eat cabbage but then it got bad and they were like fuck it it's, it's supposed to be that way yeah i didn't have any spices so i fermented the shit out of my cabbage exactly right yeah 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 exactly because yeah. it gets <laughs> spicy and um spicy. no i i but the amount of just ba- little bacteria and shit like i yeah. i eat it knowing like w- my brain again goes Oh, there is a bunch of there's a bunch of shit alive in this. Yeah. Like it is teeming with just little stuff in the ferment and from the like alive that's fucking and I I'm just gonna put all those little bugs down inside of me mm-hmm. and let my body and them like fucking fight it out and some of them will live in state claim to yeah. a little part of my stomach and like build little <laughs> walls in there and so much fun. <laughs> dude, it's it's I yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. It's it's fucking fascinating. Like, again, like, I could just get high and nerd out on life in existence and, like, how so it's good. going and how it can be going. You yeah. know, I'm interested. Yeah. I'm jealous of the people that live 500 years from now. What's their life going to be like? You know, I'm also kind of jealous of those sometimes. The the people that can, that, that just live and enjoy their lives and find meaning in it and don't think about big stuff. It doesn't occur. Like, they just. Yeah. They just exist, yeah, I and <laughs> I, I sometimes I, I go, oh, how much, like how nice that must, like relaxing it must be, the the bliss and ignorance. <laughs> oh, a little Almost, bit. There's yeah, just a, there's little, just a little, little bit, kind of, of a dickish way to look at it. No, but yeah, but, <laughs> I, yeah I think there, I think there is some truth to that. I think there's just yeah. some some calmness to life, of like the the fantasy of like. Like a dude who lives in 1940 on a farm who kind of was raised out there and missed that a war happened. Oh, yeah. You uh, know, and you just know, fucking funny. works like works that life and is satisfied there, by his farm system. There's a handful and, of human beings that have existed and currently exist that I'm like obsessed with. And one of them, uh, do you ever watch on Vice News? They did, uh, I think it's like Haimo's Wilderness Refuge or whatever. It's about a dude who lives in the 
you know, the the Ant- Arctic or whatever, okay. just hunts caribou. He like has a couple of houses, him and his wife, and they just like go, they go off and hunt, and like that's that's how they live. Uh, he's never seen like nine eleven. <laughs> he has like never saw it. like he knows it's happened, but occasionally he runs into people. For, like he has people drop off supplies and shit, and like I think I imagine rarely as fuck he goes into town. Um, yeah, I mean, like I think I yeah. I, I remember watching that like fifteen twenty years ago. Wow. So I'm curious as to where he's at, but like that the fact that like that's how he lives his life and shit. He's like, probably on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's crazy to think that there's like whole human beings that like have never seen that. And don't Dude. don't don't know what the fucking internet is. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it's like that type of 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 bliss by obliviousness. It's mm-hmm. just like there's something kind of like captivating about that i mean it's it's impossible to do oh, or yeah. go into already well, the opposite of that is like man's inhumanity to man you know what i mean yeah like it's it's like that blissful like fucking simple uh, existence and then the opposite things that like you know, the darkest realm but, of shit that we've done but to in each that other. you never consider like in that in that blissful uh ig- ignorant life you you i feel like or do i guess would you feel like that there are elements to like parts of humanity we treasure that you just would miss out on. Like, like would you rather have to incur some of human suffering and, and horrible, like part of that nature to get out some of the treasures of what humanity can offer? Like, yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I think we're, we're defined by like, like going back to like my, my own personal life and yeah. like your own personal life. Like we're defined by the tragedies and hardships we come to come. Like I've been through a lot of shit. Never once have I regretted any of the, 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 my, my shitty upbringing. It's made me who I am. And I think that like, especially like our society, like the reason why our society is cool as far as I'm concerned is the fact that, you know, comparatively to where we've been at elsewise and what we've learned and like, yeah, it's dark, but it's also bright. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's, it's far more bright. We have, than, yeah, we have penicillin and we don't have, you know, ironically, like knock on wood, we don't have world wars <laughs> yeah, anymore, yeah, you know, no, hopefully. No shit. Yeah. Like, let's, um, let's just go ahead and hopefully this, this doesn't become a very dated podcast because World War Three broke out. Fuck. You know, I know, but I mean, you know, we are no longer in a place where we could just be living our lives and then a whole group of people, a whole alien civilization just appears out of nowhere. Yeah. That's the big one. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we can just... Like Haimo's wilderness refuge, that dude can exist in by himself out in the Arctic and stuff like that because of like you know civilization has gotten to the spot where people aren't just murdering each other wholesale, right. or at least not like we used to. Yeah, you know, which is like ironic because there's multiple European multiple wars going on right now as we speak with Israel and Hamas and, and Ukraine and stuff. But at the same time, like still better time to be alive, you know, like. Especially, like, think about this summer, like, Oppenheimer came out, right? Yeah. Fuck. Did you watch it? Obviously, yeah. Uh, no, I have not, oh. actually. I, well, uh, well, it's about building a bomb. I know, I, I know, I know exactly <laughs> but, what it's but about. But it yeah. sparked a lot of conversation as to whether or not, like, nuclear annihilation, like, developing the bomb was a good thing. You know, like, I had a couple of friends that, like, would say, like, oh, man, I think it was just a bad idea developing the nuclear bomb. And it's like, cool. But can you really say that for sure? Because... Yes, it has, you know, two very large explosions and like has had a lot of negative 
come uh negative things to happen but also a lot of positive things to happen with nuclear warfare like so here's the thing like nuclear warfare has not happened since you know the end of world war ii right yeah. now do you think that it's because the nuclear bombs is, is it because the nuclear bombs existed that we didn't have a large conventional european war in the 50s and 60s you think about it like now like uh, as of like tw- as of what february 23rd 2022 we could say that there has not been a european conflict there's not been one major european conflict since the end of world war ii and i you know there's a large argument to be that the the reason why there isn't is because people were worried about nuclear weapons well right but but the only reason they were worried about nuclear weapons is because they existed in the first place yeah well it's again like if they didn't Russia probably would have went to go. Russia and NATO probably would have gone to war. You know what I mean? So, like, yes, yep. yep. In, in but, one sense, nuclear weapons have caused the death of you know what I think a couple hundred thousand people. I think conservatively, the, this is the this is the this is the, the 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 way I love doing these kind of thought experiments because I think you could you could really look at this and go play the 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 dichotomy game with. The, the the good bad the morality yeah. like See, I looking don't, at it i don't think in those terms personally right. yeah so my my question is like i never care if if the bomb i don't <laughs> i don't have an argue, i don't believe that the bombs were a good thing or a bad thing i just think that that's what happened my 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 how i like looking at it is um i'm i'm a i'm a humanist at heart at first um as far as like kind of my my worldview goes and so i would i would ask the question the things that, whatever they are, I don't care. The things that you consider a good that we got from the existence of nuclear weapons, could those things that we got that were good have been achieved another way? So we still we still got the net uh, good. I think if we had developed the scientists uh, science and the ability to make nuclear like nuclear energy fusion, right? Yeah. Um, if we had if that had happened during peacetime, we would have looked at it a lot differently. But it could have ended up being worse. And here's the thing. Here's the point when you talk about like nuclear weapons and things like that is because essentially the world was. E- when we started building the nuclear bomb, the world was either at war. Everyone in the world was either at war or knowing that they were about to be in that world war, right? Yeah. So when we developed the nuclear bombs, we did it to that end, which allowed us to push through the nuclear program and develop the atomic bomb um, and develop like the dawn of the nuclear age or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if it happened at peacetime and people had built bombs at peacetime, and then a world war happened or a conflict happened, those bombs would have been used and probably but, been used in well, greater number well, than if they had but, been developed during wartime. Well, right. But my, I guess my, my argument, I'm not, cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm not opposing what you're saying. I'm, I'm, I'm more of like, I, I don't know the answer to the question. Well, I, we, and that's right. the truth is we don't. Right. Right. And so, so I would, I would ask something like, um, could, could the the gains of nuclear technology have been done without a bomb being tied without it being considered a weapon first yeah like like mm-hmm. you know and so why why not ought have the technology be done 
well, like the nuclear, the first nuclear reactor, uh, reactor was it's just a react uh, to an early form. The first forms of nuclear reactors called a pile, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe could yep. be wrong, right? Uh, and the first one was made in Chicago, technically a couple of years beforehand. Um, and later, like part of the, as part of the Manhattan Project. Um, so we did develop nuclear reactors before bombs, but we did it on our way to bombs. Now, luckily for us, and Part of the thing that covers, in, and I thought that was cool, that covers in Oppenheimer's, luckily for us, Hitler was racist yeah. and you know kicked all of the intelligent people out of his country, essentially. And so Werner Heisenberg was the only, uh, Werner Heisenberg was the only person like fucking working on the nuclear program for Germany. We didn't know that until well on our way to Berlin. Basically, we were like at the outskirts of Berlin when we basically started piecing together that the Nazis really didn't have, they had had like interest in nuclear uh, uh, research, but they didn't buy the same science. Yep, yep. But we didn't know that until that point. So building a bomb for us was a, a uh, an existential requirement because we thought that like, well, sure. what if fucking Ol- Germans have a right. bomb? Only necessitated on the existence of the war I first. Mean, yeah, because Hitler is a man that like, the the end result always outweighs the means. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he doesn't care if he has to kill his own people or pretend to kill his own people Correct. to invade Poland. Yep. He's gonna drop the bomb on fucking London. He's yep. gonna decimate yep. all of yep. Russia. Yep. And you know, if we had developed, like I said before, like if people had started one, if if the nuclear bomb or the nuclear basically as soon as we knew that it was possible the first thoughts were like you can build a bomb with this and right it wasn't it was just the loose hardcore science of it that they knew that there that it would cause a reaction that could cause a large bomb right? yeah yeah and i i just i just think that we the it the 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 production of or finishing of the technology to then create the atomic bomb was an unfortunate reaction and cause of events to the circumstances that we found ourselves in yeah like like i i understand Mm -hmm. i understand the logical chain of events given the fact that the world was at war on why it was deemed a necessity a a necessary conclusion yeah to the chain of events i like i get it i now i just i i what i don't quite know or i won't like put my foot in like it it was the only way therefore it was a good thing to do mm-hmm. or the because it was the only way and the, the 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 catastrophe that you know it was like i won't put my camp really in either way and you really shouldn't and that's the big thing like yeah. you shouldn't i don't think anyone should sit there and be like yeah nuclear bombs are all bad or but, nu- well, developing the nuclear bomb was a bad thing, or they shouldn't have done it because yeah, like, what, it was going to happen no matter what. But what I would what I would say is unambiguously the incredible amount of civilian casualties incurred by the use of the weapon is yeah uh, is. Mm-hmm. Well, then we reprehensible. Get, we get into our conversation about whether or not strategic nuking or tactical nuking is the better vet. But I will tell you and remind you that um, up until that, and the worst like destruction of human, like the amount of casualties that we oh, got from oh, both of those bombs, no, yeah, from no, both oh, of the nuclear know, bombs, I, is actually not as bad as one firebombing campaign uh, by Curtis LeMay in, in Edo. Yeah. You know, oh, like, yeah, when we yeah. basically firebombed Tokyo, you know what I mean? And like that, yep. that, that was actually worse. We were like Dresden, yeah, Hamburg, yeah, all of yeah. the, basically we, we, 
we read the tea leaves, figured out how we could create, like during high winds, create a firestorm to like basically melt brick. And yeah. we intentionally bombed people that way. Yeah. So we were actually like already on our way of wholesale slaughter and second world war and the special and in oh, the yeah. first world war two. And it's like nuclear technology was just the new way to kill people, <laughs> you know, I which know. is like, I'm again, not arguing for or against yeah. it. I'm just saying like it exists and this is how it existed. And like what we do is we learn from it. You know, I don't, I don't think that you should say, Oh, it was a good thing or a bad thing. Well, it kind of just I'll, was, you know? would, we won't know whether or not it was a good or a bad thing until civilization well, doesn't I think, exist. Because I think of it. you can, I think you can make a pretty qualitative claim that all of it is not moral yeah i mean well again morality is a lot of things you know genghis khan thought he was moral too well (laughs) right right but but you can so it's it it's it's pretty easy you just you you set the you set the goal and if the goal is set at human well-being then it's a pretty easy thing to then judge what contributes or mm-hmm. doesn't to human well-being yeah so and i i don't think it's like yeah but if genghis khan says that this is moral then what what makes him wrong well i mean i generally don't agree with genghis khan well well right uh, but, but, but anybody can say that about anyone's position yeah um, well, so th- that's the thing too. Is like again, like uh, I, I always try to like look. I, I think I annoy a lot of people because I, I, I step back and look as like, well, it exists, and it exists because decisions made from people by people before us. Yep. So instead of saying whether or not it was a good thing or a bad thing, or whether or not it was like it might not have been right to bomb Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but it might have been a thing too where like we don't know what FDR would have done with the nuclear bomb had he been alive when it was successfully tested and then used right like this is truman making those decisions truman wasn't exactly a worldwide level statesman like fdr was so like when you have that like there's the question for you too would would fdr have dropped the bombs would they have demonstrated off of the coast of japan how powerful they are because the truth is it took a very long time to just make those two fucking bombs and probably wouldn't have gotten too many more and like been very successful and then it's like you know whether or not we should have dropped bombs on japan well okay well, let's have this conversation um i don't know if you've ever heard of their defense strategy uh in japan for the invasion during world war two but it's, it has a very in, unimportant ambiguous and unassuming title of the glorious death of a hundred million is literally what they call their defense they were Mm going to give hand grenades and fucking sharpened sticks to their people and have them take out americans with them so you know it's kind of hard to argue that like but all of that it's one of those considerations that that secondary to the fucking haberdasher in the white house truman made that that was part of his calculation like okay well if we don't use these bombs and we invade fuck japan number one they didn't realize the radiation fallout was going to be that not that this is an excuse for anything but well, it's like do the, we drop the bombs and save us a couple hundred thousand lives the for me it's none of those decisions were th- those were all just strategy mm-hmm. none yeah. of none of nothing they were doing was tied to or surrounded with any thoughts of actual morality none of it was mm. ever thought of that way yeah. none of that was acted in that I think way they would have argued that like you know the people they were fighting against weren't also thinking morality wise well well of course yeah. of course the, but, i mean the japanese outright targeted medics and they oh yeah like no, i yeah, don't know no, if you, I, but, yeah. <laughs> but but i'm not i'm not trying to play uh we were moral because they were being more immoral 
I think oh, that's yeah. I think that's a red herring no. to yeah, any I, part I, of the discussion, right? Yeah, 100% like so. Agree with that. So you you can talk uh, you can talk strategy and appropriate strategy, uh-huh. but you can't bring morality into strategy. Yeah, or you could talk morality about the overview of the thing because you can't you can't nitpick individual parts of something because then you'll all of a sudden find yourself talking I, strategy, I, not morality. I, right? I, I, I totally see what you're saying. And, yeah. and, and so like you either have the, we, you know, people, not us, but, but yeah. one either has the conversation about is that good fucking strategy or bad strategy? We're talking yeah. a chess game. Well, the, there's a, uh, there is a, uh, a growing group of uh, like, you know, historians or people like growing through a school of thought that basically said like oh we didn't need to invade japan and we knew it we just dropped the bombs to warn the russians which is i mean like has merits but at the same time so here's a little fun fact that will kind of illustrate the points they they were already planning the invasion of japan by the allied forces they were already yeah. moving troops in the area to, to to invade mainland japan and fight they already knew it was going to be a brutal fight they knew it was a brutal fight so here's a little fun fact um Every single Purple Heart that has uh, been awarded from like 1945 or 44 or whatever year it was to yeah. today, they're still using the same allotment, like the, the, the same batch of Purple Hearts they built for the invasion of Japan. So like, for instance, when somebody gets a every Purple Heart in Afghanistan and Iraq and in fucking, you know, the first Persian Gulf War, Grenada. Vietnam, Vietnam, Korea, all, Korea, all of those Purple Hearts come from the single batch of order for what we were assuming that we would need for the invasion of Japan. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's really hard to say for certain. Like, you know, we didn't know that the Japanese knew what the fuck happened in Hiroshima. They were like, you know, like, I mean, they, they were basically every other city was being wiped off their fucking map by our firebombs anyway. Yep. So, like, you know, playing with the morality of it or the question it's, about it is no, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's an impossible thing to say. Yeah. But yeah. what you can do is you can study what actually happened and then just yep. try to assume, like, okay, so listen, if Truman wasn't in the office, so listen, Truman was basically just an afterthought of FDR. Yep. He didn't even, FDR didn't bring him in any of his meetings. He didn't even know the fucking nuclear bomb existed until after fucking FDR died. And he's like, wait, what? We're building a what? <laughs> the who now? And he told fuck, and uh, I think it was Yalta, it could be, no, I don't think it was Yalta, something, somewhere else where they met with uh, um, uh Joseph Stalin, he told him, and Joseph Stalin like didn't react at all because they were already like well on their way of developing the weapon too. You know, there's a famous quote too from uh, um, Truman, an interaction between Truman and Oppenheimer, where he's basically is like, "Do you know when the Truman said, do you know when the Russians will get the the bomb?" And supposedly Oppenheimer said like, "I have no idea," and he said, "I know, never." Thinking just it's totally yeah. impossible. Like, obviously not an, a super intelligent person, not the best president we've ever had by nope. far. And uh, you know, it's one of the things. Like, you're playing nuclear brinksmanship with basically a. F- he was a haberdasher. That's what he yeah. was. Yeah. Look up that word. <laughs> yep. But like you know, and then you get like guys like after him like. Eisenhower, who are game theorists, like they played a lot of bridge. He played game theory. He played strategy and stuff like that. And, you know, he was able to strong arm, but also like in a way, like kind of set the status quo that survived the 60s and 70s and 80s, which, you know, mutually disturbed destruction is is insane. It's mad. (laughs) Literally, it's madness. It's complete madness. Um, But 
there hasn't been large scale conflict in right. North, in, in in Western civil uh, the, uh, the yeah. Western world. Yeah. And you know whether or not it's you know whether or not it's because of nuclear weapons, whether or not it was just happens to be like a a, a time period of peace. And what we'll know is when that war breaks out, whether or not nuclear weapons get exist uh, used. Yeah, no shit. But the cool thing about it is, no matter what we say, you know, if the nuclear weapons are a bad thing and they wipe out civilization, there'll be nobody left to say "I told you so." So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which would mean we're just unlucky. Yeah, I would say so. I don't know. I don't know. Because, again, we still exist, and we still exist at probably, like, the best time to be alive. Oh, did it, so. yeah, dude. We Yeah, it is an unambiguously the best time yeah. for for humankind mm-hmm. to be alive right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, that's kind of, like, how I've, like, I'm, I feel very lucky. You know, I feel yeah. very lucky. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Crazy, cra- absolute insanity, but... Could be worse. Yep. Well, dude, thanks. This has been a great conversation, man. Thanks for coming on. We <laughs> just did you. three hours. So, <laughs> <Did you> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's three hours gone by, man. Look that's at that. Pretty, that's pretty nuts. Time flies when you're getting stoned and talking about the end of human humanity, as we know. And, it. <laughs> and the progress of humanity and the cool shit about humanity. And I mean, we, we covered a lot of fucking ground tonight. And on, honestly, uh, uh, I think we, we tread on all like the progress and the great things. Uh-huh. That that got us to the inevitable side of it, which is the the doom about it. I mean, and, <laughs> and you can't talk about you can't talk about salt without pepper, right? <laughs> yeah, and, that's and, a great way to put it. And yeah. uh, since we we went there, the salt we and pepper there. episode, fucking Maybe salt in our wounds, it. there, bud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Uh, of course, thank but, you guys. I think that's what I'll do. I'll call it the salt and pepper episode. Because we covered mostly salt and then a little bit of pepper. (laughs) Um, All right, dude. Thank you for coming on. Uh, For all you out there, thank you for continued support and tuning into this thing. Uh, You know how to contact me. If you want to contact me, you can do timeandstuffpod at gmail.com. You can head over to my Facebook. You can head over to my Instagram. You can head over to all those places for all my episodes and all that cool stuff. And like I say, at the end of every episode, drive like you know each other.